Well, hello. It is Tuesday, March 24th, and I'm very thankful you're choosing to listen to this show today. I know times are wild and crazy, but we will forge along in our attempt to dance, monkey dance, to entertain you. I do believe that is, uh, you know, everybody has roles in this thing. You got the badass medical people, nurses, doctors, all the other medical humans that I don't know the names of, but you get it, frontline servant folks. We got the people stocking grocery stores and pharmacies and such. We got the restaurants turning into takeout and carry out companies overnight. We got a lot of people trying to get through this. And I understand sometimes stink and sometimes make no sense. Like this came out of nowhere. Some people are really battling. But I feel like my role and my boys and I feel like our job is to hopefully give you some conversation to go, huh, did you hear that shit? So that's what we got for you today. Sean Merriman, formerly of the Chargers and the Bills football player, played the football very well, lights out, had a dance. Tom Pelissaro, insider for NFL.com. And the handsome AJ Hawk. Great conversation. Great conversation with AJ. You can hear us live at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time most days on to YouTube. But we're thankful you chose to listen today. And SeatGeek has obviously been our presenting sponsor since day one, going through some times right now. Secondary ticketing market, obviously not thriving in the moment, but whenever we're back to live events, we know that SeatGeek will be given the best value for the tickets available for whatever it is. We know that. And we also know that now is not a bad time to think about, you know, making love. I think nine months from now, there's going to be a lot of babies. What else are people doing? Locked down with the person they love, person they're interested in. You get it. People are making love. And I hope that you decide to make love for a long time, a good time, a legendary time. <laughs> Have longer, better sex with our friends at Roman. Roman is a men's health brand that has created something to help men have longer, better sex. Called the Roman Swipes. They're these beautiful things that arrive in your house in discreet packaging. Then they're small enough to fit in your wallet. Then right before it's time to perform in the bedroom, time to make love, time to knock boots, you take the Roman Swipe out and you apply it to your baby maker. And you don't have to be worried because this will not transfer to your partner. But you let that thing dry and all of a sudden you're having the longest sex you've ever had in your life. All of a sudden you're putting on a show. All of a sudden. It's a legendary night. And that's from your friends at Roman. And right now you go to GetRoman.com. Use promo code USA. You get 10% off and free two-day shipping. Okay. Make this happen with the quickness. GetRoman.com, promo code USA, 10% off and free two-day shipping for the Roman swipes that are coming to your house to help you break beds. All right, let's get to the show. 
Joining us now is a man who is an all-pro, a pro bowler, spent a long time in the NFL. Ladies and gentlemen, lights out, Sean Merriman. What's going on, Sean? What's up, my man? Hey, thanks for joining us. I saw you tweet that you wanted me to ask you about Tom Brady basically getting kicked out of the New England Patriots franchise by Bill Belichick and them saying, uh, Tom Brady, it's been leaked that he, uh, in Wickersheim's article, that he didn't feel appreciated, he didn't have fun, and then basically he wanted to be a Patriot, they just didn't want him to be there. What were your thoughts on that whole give and take between he and Belichick potentially? Well, I think they knew where you know, Tom Brady was physically right now in the stage of his career. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, you can't say that about Tom Brady and, and, and all. And, and I get it and I understand he's going to go down as the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. But right now, he's not the greatest quarterback to ever play the game. And I think the New England Patriots, they've seen that. And I think that they, they know, you know, physically where he's at right now, but also they have a better shot with that defense that they have this year and how the defense played this, this past year, they have a better shot to get in somebody that, that's younger and is probably not as talented or can do as more, but they can still sustain. Uh, but, you know, we, we're saying the same thing with Dak Prescott. It's, it's no different. I put these two in the same boat because, you know, I believe that if Dallas, if the Dallas Cowboys thought that Dak Prescott was going to be the next quarter, their quarterback for the next five-plus years and he was such a talented player, they would have been paid him. There's no need for them to pay everybody else around him and not him. So I think they also see where, where Dak Prescott is as, as a player. So you think that the uh, aside from the New England Patriots, who obviously haven't valued Tom Brady as much as Tom Brady potentially values Tom Brady, and the Buccaneers have valued Tom Brady, and that's Bill Belichick's thing, is I want to get rid of somebody before they crash, long before I hold on to them and watch them crash. That's always been Belichick's thing. We never knew what was going to happen with Tom Brady. There's always been this statement that he treats everybody the same, but now it's coming to fruition that Bill Belichick is an OG. He does not care. Let's move forward. We are on to 2020 with Jared Stidham, but I don't want when it comes to the Cowboys, that's an interesting thought because a lot of people have shared the same sentiments. It's like, yo, this guy's your franchise. Everybody says it. Even Jerry Jones has come out and say, why won't they give him a long-term deal while paying everybody else at the top of the market around him? Amari Cooper gets a massive deal. Zeke gets a massive deal. The offensive line's getting a lot of deals. The defense is getting deals. If they truly believe that Dak Prescott was their guy, you think they would have already paid him this one-year deal thing that they're doing franchise tag. Do you think that's the see if McCarthy hates him or if he hates McCarthy? Or what do you think this one year is all about then? This one this one year is about for Dak is if he can go and perform under a different quarterback. Was it Jason Garrett holding him back? Could he do more? Or has he capped out on his potential? Um, you know, you look at just how that whole team is built. Go back to Marcus Lawrence. I mean, look at the contract they gave him on the defense side of the ball. You're telling me – and nothing against him. Like, he's a hell of a player. I mean, but you pay your defense, your defensive end, more than you pay your quarterback and you still have him playing under that same contract you have him, that's kind of, in my in, in my point, a slap in the face. So if you're Dak Prescott, no matter what happens this year, you ball out and you leave. I, I, I just, I don't, I believe the Dallas Cowboys already saw the market for him. And if they knew that it was more teams out there willing to pay Dak Prescott the 35 plus million a year that he won, they would have been signed him. But I don't, I don't believe there's a lot of teams out there that's going to pay him max dollar because we've already seen him kind of plateau as far as talent-wise. Now he just needs that, that great team around him to help him win. Do you think Dak Prescott holds out, or do you think he ultimately signs a franchise tag? 
No, I think he holds out, and he'd be smart to because they 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 had an opportunity to sign him at a, a much lower cost, and they didn't. So that's that's kind of the the you're playing with fire, and they kind of drove it all the way up to that point, and now they don't know what to do with it other than franchise them. So there's there's no way to even, in my opinion, even if he comes back and play, there's no way to keep him because he's going to ask for such a large amount of money that he's probably not worth. Right, I mean, he's probably going to be asked for more money than he's he's not worth because there's at that point it's going to be one team out there that's going to pay him forty million a year when he gets done with his contract. One team, but there's not three or four teams out there right now that's going to pay him thirty five million. So that's why he's getting tagged. He's getting thirty three million with that franchise tag. If he looks at that piece of paper and says, "I'm not signing it," I will have so much. So much respect for that move. Looking at a piece of paper, a one-year deal guaranteeing $33 million and going, nah, I'm not signing it. That is fantastic. I hope he does it. But I hope he, I'm not saying that he should or that he won't, but just that ability to say nah to $33 million is right. one that I don't think I've ever, I would ever have. I, I don't think I would ever have that. I hope he does. Let's go back to the potential pool that could be interested in Dak Prescott. You said one team. This offseason, everybody was talking about where Tom Brady was potentially going to end up at. It was the Raiders. It was the Chargers. It was the Niners. It was all these teams. It was come out now that the Colts were a place that Tom Brady's camp wanted to go. The Colts chose Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady I mean, if you really look at it, that is kind of what Peter King laid out in his his blog is the coach chose Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady. Why do you think they did that, especially being somebody who's so close to Phillip Rivers? And do you think that is ultimately going to be the right move in the end with Phil Rivers and the Colts? Yes, because they've been they're seeing this. The coach is seeing the same thing that I've been saying the past few months. But, you know, everybody kind of pinned me as this Patriots hater, which I am. And I'm glad and <laughs> proud of it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just saying the truth. Right now, their stage of career of their careers, Phillip Rivers is a much better quarterback than Tom Brady physically. And I believe that he can go out and out and outperform Tom Brady right now in this stage of career. A lot of people want to you stick Tom Brady's name up there and you talk about just all these Super Bowls. I get it and I understand, but right now in their stage of career, somebody asked me and this, I'm not saying this because I played with Phillip and I've and I have a relationship with him. I'm saying it because the if, I, if I'm looking at two quarterbacks that I want the team to bring in, I'm saying, oh, my God, I want Phil because I know that Phil can play physically better at a high level for the next couple of years. Tom Brady might be, you know, uh, make smarter decisions. Tom Brady might do, a, you know, a couple other things better. But a, as far as physically to go out and compete as a as a quarterback, Phillip Rivers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady, and that's why the that's why the Colts are were higher on Phillip than they were on Tom. Okay, Frank Reich also a tie with Phillip Rivers. He was his offensive coordinator in San Diego or LA. I forget which team Frank Reich was out there for. You get it. Him and Phil know each other. Jacoby Brissett is still on the roster. He's owed twenty one or twenty two million dollars, I believe, going into next year. How will Phil Rivers be? Philip Rivers be with Jacoby Brissett? Has there ever been a time where Philip Rivers has been just an insufferable guy because I don't know how this works for Jacoby Brissett. Jacoby was a starter last year. Even when Luck was the starter, Jacoby Brissett was the one that was rallying the players only meetings. He is loved in that locker room for obvious reasons. Now Philip Rivers gets in a $25 million deal. He's the starter. Jacoby's the backup. How do you see that whole thing going with the entire team and the quarterback room? Well, for one, I don't know if J- Jacoby's going to stay there. Um, you know, I think that he 
he possibly could be back on the move to New England. He possibly could, you know, be moved somewhere else. If he does, you know, Phil only signed a one-year deal, right? So they can find out very quickly if Phil can play or not. I mean, it's, it's not going to take a whole season. It's not going to take the, the, the whole training camp. They'll find out very quickly if Phillip's their guy going forward. Uh, with that being said, for one year, they definitely, for sure, 100% got their guy. Uh, it's just really depending on if Brissett can can stay in the background, but I don't see him as a backup quarterback at this stage of his career. I don't see him as a backup quarterback. He's a great leader. He's a great player, and he can go help another team right now. So why not have him on the move? I, I, I really see him going back to the New England Patriots because, you know, I, I believe that Bill Belichick can win with him. He has, you know, he has done some great things with him, but I think that Bill Belichick at this point wants to prove a point to Tom Brady and everybody else out there that it was mainly him on why, why that team had success and not Tom Brady. And I believe that Bill Belichick is going to do it with another quarterback. I think this is, I, I think the stories about Tom and Bill not getting along are only going to continue to seep out here. And I, I think however they each do alone is going to write the narrative for the long haul. I mean, Bill Belichick's quote, whenever Tom said he was leaving the New England Patriots was this very well thought out. It was like a two scroller. I love Tom. He's the greatest of all time, but it came only like 15 minutes after Tom announced that he was going somewhere else. So he had had this quote on deck, ready to go for Tom's departure. It seemed like now he said a lot of great things, but both of them know that they will be judged in the eternals of history for how they do without each other. And boy, it feels like that Tampa Bay Buccaneers team is set up for some real success quick, as opposed to the Patriots are going to have to figure some stuff out. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, Tom, Tom Brady right now has more weapons than he's ever had in his whole career, especially on the offense side of the ball. I mean, he, he has weapons all over the place. Uh, not to mention they got some they got some talent on that defense, man. They can just straight up get after it. Um, both of these is Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. They're risking a lot right now. Honestly, oh, yeah. they're both risking a lot, and they will go to the end to prove which one was right, which one is right in this outcome. I mean, if Bill Belichick, if they if, if they have a bad season, it was all it, everything they've done over the past two decades was because of Tom Brady. Yep. If they have a great season, it was all Bill Belichick and Tom Brady was just a guy who I made look really good. So um, it, it was a tough move. I, I thought, honestly, as bad as I didn't want it to see happen, I thought Tom Brady was going to come to the Chargers. I, I, I literally, when I woke up in the morning and I saw that he was announcing that he was leaving the Patriots, I thought my worst day was coming. I said, if this is happening to me today and there's nothing I can do about it. I, I spoke it into existence. And I felt ill. And I, and I knew it wasn't the corona. I knew it wasn't the corona. I was like, no, because I have been around anybody. But I felt really, really ill that I, I just knew that he was coming to the Los Angeles Chargers because that was the best fit for him all the way around. People forget that the Chargers just two just a couple of years ago was a 12 and 14. When it, without the without the offense of line that was banged up and guys went down for the season being hurt, you still have a great team. So you walk in with uh, uh, offensive line, right? Pouncey's coming back. They got the new offensive lineman from, from the Carolina Panthers. Forrest Lamp coming back. Uh, they signed Eckler to a long uh, to a longer term deal. I'm thinking in Austin, and, and Eckler's a Tom Brady guy. He's a like a Tom Brady type of uh, uh, Tom Brady type of guy. So I thought for sure that they were setting up everything for him to come. And I was like, no, this is happening to me. So I was I was a bit relieved, which I think is a bad bad move on Brady's part to go to uh, to Tampa Bay and not the Chargers. 
I, I was pretty relieved to see him go to Tampa. All right, we got about a minute. The Chargers are saying they're moving forward with Tyrod Taylor, but everybody believes Cam Newton's going to get cut. Do you think they make a play for Cam Newton, or do you think Tyrod Taylor's the guy going forward? Well, this is the funny thing. I talked to Cam in Miami during the Super Bowl. So Cam originally told me that he didn't think – that he's, he wasn't asking to be traded. He wasn't trying to get out of there. But, I, you know, me being me, I'm like, hey, I'll, I'll come out here. Come out here to the Chargers. I would love to see him out there playing, right? And he didn't think that the Carolina Panthers would even let him go to, to talk to another team. So it was I was shocked to even see that they gave him the opportunity to go and seek other other deals. And when you go and sign Teddy Bridgewater to a long-term deal, you're telling him what it is right away. So would I like to see him with the Chargers? Yes. Do I think he can do well with the Chargers? Absolutely, especially on a short-term deal. But if they have to go with Tyrod Taylor just, you know, six games a year, whatever it is, and then draft a rookie, whether it's Love or Herbert, you can win with that too. All right. Well, Sean, I appreciate you so much for joining us. You're the best, dude. Absolutely. You got best. it, my man. Lights out. Appreciate Lights it. Out. Appreciate it. Thank you. Sean Merriman, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, Sean. When was the last time you were driving through a storm and thought, you know what? I fucking love not being able to see when I drive. Uh, never. Yeah, you probably have it. Now driving in bad weather doesn't have to be a headache thanks to the new Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades. These blades last through everything to prove it. Michelin just put their new Endurance XT silicone wiper blades to the ultimate test on a world record breaking 16 thousand mile drive from Alaska to Argentina to show just how durable these blades are. Rainier Zeitlo. Oh, unit. Unit of a man. Okay. We finally Googled this Rainier Zeitlow. We've heard about Rainier Zeitlow. Mm -hmm. We know that if Rainier Zeitlow is involved and it's a vehicle, this is some real, real shit going down. We Googled what Rainier Zeitlow looks like. Unit of a man. Rainier Zeitlow was the man behind the wheel, and he put the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades through ice, snow, rain, thunder. Feel the thunder. Lightning, Lightning and the, the thunder, 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 thunder and the wind and the blades took all of it. These blades are crafted for extreme weather performance with an advanced quad tech four layer coated silicone that repels water, snow and ice and lasts two times longer than the other blades. The Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades are real world proven for extreme weather performance. Upgrade to the Michelin Endurance XT silicone wiper blades today. I believe they're only at Walmart. Go check those out. Let's get back to the show. Hello and welcome to another edition of McAfee and Hawk Sports Talk. My name is Pat McAfee. I'll be sitting on the left side of the screen and sitting on the right side of the screen is a man who is a legend in every single town that he walks into, including the one he lives, which is Columbus, Ohio. Ladies and gentlemen, Super Bowl champion, pro bowler, A.J. Hawk. I appreciate it. I appreciate the, in, the uh, nice intro, Pat. You feel recharged and, and juiced up after a nice day off yesterday? I did. I mean, it was very nice to stay at home and sleep. Uh, the boys stayed home as well. We do have an announcement to make from the office, though. <laughs> oh, no. Just as of a few moments ago, <laughs> literally moments ago, one of our greats had to exit because he was getting shortness of breath, and he thinks he potentially has the Roni. And uh, that would be uh, Diggs is here, Nick is here, Jay's here, Zito's here, Foxy's here, and Boston Connor is here. But big time T's and P's for old Ty Schmidt. Ty Schmidt just headed out of the office. We had a whole moment right there. We wiped down everything immediately upon his exit. And uh, T's and P's out to Ty Schmidt right now. So is he going to 
go get tested somehow? Is he going to find a way? I have no idea. Because if you go to go get tested, you have to go to the place where it is. Yeah, there's no drive-throughs around Indy yet. I don't know. I don't think so. I don't know. Not at the Walgreens down the road. Well, yeah. Walgreens right, well, down yeah. the road. A lot I of hope things. He's doing it all right. You can get a lot of things at this Walgreens down here. Oh, yeah. A lot of things. You can pick up uh, some sex if you want, probably right outside yep. from something. Mm-hmm. You can pick up some drugs, obviously, from the pharmacy inside and the pharmacies outside. Mm-hmm. The dudes that are roaming around outside. You could probably pick up the Roni if I had to guess that. Guaranteed. Mm-hmm. You can get sure. everything at the Walgreens, but not drive through tests. I have no idea words. what Ty's going to do. Wow. I mean, to, it had to be a pretty serious shortness of breath, didn't it, for him to actually take off? I, I honestly don't. Ty is the least healthy one of all of us, I think, right? I think we all agree. Yeah, I'd say so. We all agree. He's the least healthy of us all. So he took a stand for the betterment of the group, I think. He said, listen, there's a chance that I have something here. I'm going to get out of here. So he's gone. I don't know if he's ever coming back, but I hope he does. I hope he does, too. I hope you guys don't have to self-quarantine because of if, if he does have it, if you're exposed to him. Well, he, he said this morning whenever he came in, he didn't feel anything. And then he was being weird. He was being weird. A little off. He was being a little weird. He was social distancing himself from us. He was probably in his own head, don't you think? He started, the the wheels were turning where he's like, oh, no. Oh, yeah, I think so. I think he was. He ate a healthy sandwich, too. Yeah, I mean, he, what's that? He ate a healthy sandwich. Okay, so that does not help. Healthy sandwiches do not help if you're feeling as if you have COVID-19. Yes. (laughs) All right, I'm happy we know that now. Um, Big day for sports talk, though, Mr. A.J. Hawk. I think we broke some news on our show just a little bit ago with Sean Merriman. I can't wait for your take on that. There's a lot to talk about. Before we do that, we have to hit the intro. Look good, feel good. Feel good, play good. Play good, pay good. Pay good, live good, live good, die good. Oh, look at you, A.J. You were the captain of the Packers in that Super Bowl. Look at you. Sure. Yeah, we never had captains throughout the regular season. They uh, we always voted on captains once the uh, the postseason started. Who who voted? Players. And then who counted? Good question. I don't know. I, I've heard uh, I've heard John Cooper, the old Ohio State coach, made the joke. Yeah, well, players voted. Guess who counted them? I counted those votes. <laughs> yeah, I don't. <laughs> you never really know. There's been a couple times where I saw a captain get voted in, and I start looking around. I'm like. Who vote? Did any human that I know vote for that guy? And then whenever I see no, I'm like, oh, this was made up. Okay, this was a fake vote. All right, fake news. You are fake news. That's not a real captain. But I think everybody would have voted for you, AJ. I would have voted for you. Sure. Thank you. I appreciate it. No nonsense. You know, with that jawline, ready to run through anybody on the other side. I like that. Now, I, I have a very real question for you as a football brain, though. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it. Earlier today, Sean Merriman said this. This offseason, everybody was talking about where Tom Brady was potentially going to end up at. It was the Raiders. It was the Chargers. It was the Niners. It was all these teams. It was come out now that the Colts were a place that Tom Brady's camp wanted to go. The Colts chose Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady. I mean, if you really look at it, that is kind of what Peter King laid out in his his blog is the coach chose Philip Rivers over Tom Brady. Why do you think they did that, especially being somebody who's so close to Philip Rivers? And do you think that is ultimately going to be the right move in the end with Phil Rivers and the Colts? Yes, because they've been they're seeing this the Colts are seeing the same thing that I've been saying the past few months, but you know, everybody kind of pinned me as this Patriots hater, which I am, and I'm glad <laughs> and proud of it. Uh, but at the same time, I'm just saying the truth. Right now, their stage of career of their careers, Phillip Rivers is a much better quarterback than Tom Brady physically. <laughs> and I believe that he can go out and out and outperform Tom Brady right now in this stage of career. 
a lot of people want to you stick Tom Brady's name up there and you talk about just all these Super Bowls. I get it and I understand, but right now in their stage of career, somebody asked, and I'm not saying this because I played with Phillip and, and I have a relationship with him. I'm saying it because if, I, if I'm looking at two quarterbacks that I want the team to bring in, I'm saying, oh my God, I want Phil because I know that Phil can play physically better at a high level for the next couple of years. Tom Brady might be, you know, uh, make smarter decisions. Tom Brady might do, a, you know, a couple other things better. But as far as physically to go out and compete as a as a quarterback, Philip Rivers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady, and that's why the that's why the Colts are were higher on Philip than they were on Tom. Listen to that, AJ. Do you agree with what that man just said right there? That, by the way, obviously we're rerunning it because of how I did not think a lot of people thought that way. But Sean Merriman, very good football player feels that way. I, it should be listened to. I never thought anybody thought that Phillip Rivers was a much better quarterback than Tom Brady. Apparently, I might be wrong. Yeah, I don't know. You don't hear a whole lot of people making the argument that Merriman just made earlier on your, your show, your, your radio show, 10 to 12. It's, it's a great show. I see a lot of clips, and sometimes I will watch it live and listen to it if I can. But, I, I mean, Merriman's awesome. Like he, The dude's a monster. I think he's really well-spoken. I've had him on different series shows I do. I've, we've talked to him. On here, I think when I've been with you, I think I, he came on when I was hosting your show during the week, actually. Really? He did, pumping his uh, MMA company or whatever. But, no, I mean, I don't know what he means. What does he mean by f- he can physically, yeah, Tom may make better decisions and be more accurate and win more games, but physically, Phil is better right now. Like, what does that mean? If you want to compare how much, like, each of them, either quarterback has fallen off maybe from where their prime may have been, the peak of their career. I can't sit there and and listen or just and agree with the argument that Phil Rivers is in better shape or is more equipped to go win for the next one or two years. I mean, he and by the way, came out this morning via Peter King uh, in his Monday morning football talking column blog. Nailed it, mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. yeah, you gotta get that. Good morning. Blog? Is it really a blog? Well, I think because he's a, a Big J journalist, it's considered a column. But uh, to be honest, if it's on the internet and it's written, I call that shit a blog. <laughs> well, but, then everything's a blog now because the only people getting the actual physical newspaper are my parents' generation. Losers. But anyways, Peter King's blog said that the Tom Brady camp was interested in the Indianapolis Colts, but the Indianapolis Colts seemed to be dead set on Phillip Rivers. So the Colts, in turn said no to Tom Brady, yes to Phillip Rivers, knowing that Tom Brady was interested. And I am still taken aback by this two, three hours after hearing of this information. If Tom Brady wanted to come to your team, AJ, I think you would want Tom Brady on your team if you were not set a quarterback. And now that I'm hearing, you know, the Colts, and I trust Chris Ballard. I think Chris Ballard has a big brain, big Southern brain. He's a good guy. I think he's done all that stuff. And there's no reason for me not to trust him. But he clearly looked Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, right in the face. Said, nah, we're getting this guy, Philip Rivers. Hey, he's a little bit younger than you, I guess, by a couple years. He hasn't won nearly as many Super Bowls. And yeah, it looks like he's struggling to throw every once in a while, but we're picking him over you for whatever reason. That's a mind blower to me. I did not expect that to happen. I did not expect that to be a case. And it is. That's the world we're living in. If Tom Brady really wanted to come to Indianapolis, I guess let's think about it from like the contract. They gave Phil, what, one year, 25 mil? Is that correct? Yep. And Tom got what, about two years, 50 mil pretty much with the Bucks, And he didn't get any of this power we were talking about last week on the show. You know, you were saying, oh, he 
They're going to give Tom roster full roster control. He's basically going to be the GM slash quarterback. He can control everything he wants. And now we, it comes out that all we wanted was his teammates' phone numbers so he could reach out to them, which is like the most Tom Brady move ever. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. You think that's the case? You you don't think that's just strictly pandering? You don't think that is 100% pandering right Who there? Who wrote that article? Who put that article out that said that's all he asked for? Who I think put Tom, it out first? Tom's people released that to somebody for sure. All Tom From, wanted. All Tom but wanted. But have heard there, stories like that about Tom? Like that is Tom. Like Matt Flynn was with with the Patriots for camp one year, and he said even when he's like, honestly, like I, I don't have a bad thing to say about the dude. He was the nicest dude ever. Came up, introduced himself to me day one. He said when I got cut, he sent me a text saying like, hey, I wish you could have could have spent more time around you. Good luck with everything you're doing. Like that's Tom Brady. He's the greatest. That's why the guy is the greatest. That's why you would want him in your building if you could. And the Colts could have had him right down the street here. Could have been living right next door. And they said no, no to him. That's wild to me. Could they have Could they have been able, like, like would their contract situation, their cap situation, allowed them to give him two years, 50 mil? Oh, yeah. 25 mil a year. That's what they're giving Phillip Rivers anyways. And they're paying Jacoby 21 million or something like that. They've got 40-some million dollars in quarterback hits if the roster remains the same going into the season as it is right now. Because unless they trade away Jacoby, they're going to have to pay them both at over $20 million. Could have easily had the greatest of all time in here, but you said, you know who I want? I would like Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady. That's what they said. How would the fans of India have handled Tom Brady? Would they have handled Tom Brady easier than Phil Rivers to come in to be the next quarterback? No, 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 no. They would have hated him. They, they would have hated <laughs> Tom Brady for sure until – he does all the things that you said Matt Flynn says he does and throws some touchdowns and the team does good. Then they're all on the Tom Brady bandwagon. I mean, it's as easy as that. They're going to deal with Phil Rivers. There are some Colts fans that hate Phil Rivers like that because of what happened in 2007, 2008. But until he, when he wins some games here, if he wins some games here, bang, they're going to love Phil Rivers. But if Phil Rivers struggles and Tom Brady dominates, and now the story and narrative is that the Colts could have potentially got Tom Brady. I mean, uh, 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 well, that's, I think it puts added pressure on Phil Rivers oh. now that this story is out there. Phil's like, okay, I better play well, and I better play well early. We better Heck. come out of the gates hot and be 3-1, 4-0 oh, right in the first quarter of the season. Heck, these boys. Heck. The Colts did not do him any favors with the tweet they put out this morning. Did you see the tweet they put out? What did, no, what did oh. it say? Oh. <laughs> oh. Let's heck and go or something like yeah. that with, uh, with an, asterisk. an asterisk on the E of hecking. They did. Uh, they were trying to play on the fact that he doesn't swear and stuff like mm -hmm. that. But Hecking. I, Wait, I hear it's a heck of a locker room, and I know it's a heck of a team just from seeing them compete each year, especially these past couple with the new regime, Phillip Rivers. Let's hecking do this. Okay, Colts, Twitter, whoever is running that. Uh <laughs> Swing and a miss, huh? <laughs> sometimes, sometimes you're going to take a big old hack at something, and you're just going to miss. But I will say the Colts' Twitter does better than it does worse. This one was tough, though. I think they were trying to sell, you know, that he doesn't swear and that he's upbeat and stuff like that. But you just so happened to put that out the exact same time the world was finding out that Tom Brady wanted to be the fucking quarterback of your team. That's tough. That is a tough – honestly – I mean, the, the Patriots pushed Tom Brady out, obviously. Bill yeah. Belichick grabbed both of his 70-year-old hands, put him on the back of Tom Brady, and pushed his ass out of the fucking building, right? Just said, get out of here. I don't appreciate you. I don't respect you. I don't want you to have fun. Get out of here. Exactly. We'll go forward with Stidham and Hoyer. I don't give a damn. Our defense wins games anyways. That is what the report is coming out from uh, Westernsheim. Yeah. Westernsheim. 
What's Jason, his name? Jason Westersham. You got it. You nailed it. Jason Westersham. Is yeah. that his name? Yep. You nailed it. The guy from ESPN that wrote the 14 scroll article about the signs that we should have seen. Oh, Windhorst. Wind, nope. No. Nope. Nope. Seth. Wester. Wicker. Westchester. Wicker man. Wester. Worches. What, what is the guy's fucking name? Wickersham. Seth Wickersham. Jason, Seth Wickersham. Seth Wickersham wrote an article that said, Tom, is that really his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where were yes. we isn't, at? Hey, isn't Wickersham the guy that wrote pieces early in the season, too, kind of about how the Patriots are coming apart at the seams? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. he kind of talked about, like, interior, like, some strife going on inside that building. I think Ooh. Wickersham, that's like kind of, that's kind of been his thing. For a so while. who does he know? Is he on the Brady side of things or is he on the – yeah, he's obviously on the Brady side of things. Well, I don't know. If, yeah, maybe he is a little bit. But I think he's just I, – I think a lot of Patriots fans, at least, I think the guy we know, Jerry Thornton, I think Jerry despises this dude and all the, the stories that he used to write talking oh. about how Tom Brady's not real happy. So I think now Old balls? maybe this Seth is uh, – <laughs> Some of this is, is coming to light, and Seth looks like he may have had some some solid sources the whole time. So he was just piecing together all of his old articles that were showcasing why Tom would want to leave, and he put it in one mega article yes. for us to scroll through today on this Monday, March 23rd. It was a long article, and I, get, I didn't know he was piecing together all of his old articles, but whenever you read through it, you're like, oh, the writing was on the wall. Tom wanted to be – Tommy wanted to be a New England Patriot for the rest of his existence, and Bill Belichick just didn't want him to be there. Was, wasn't willing to change anything to have him. See you later, pal. I don't appreciate you. I appreciate what you've done, but seriously, sour milk, pal. Get on out of here. I'm in for a whole new thing with Stidham, fella. Uh, it feels like Tom wanted to go to the Patriots, and the Patriots said no. It feels like Tom wanted to go to the Colts, and the Colts said no. It feels like Tom wanted to go to the Niners, and the Niners said no. It feels like Tom wanted to go to the Tennessee Titans, and the Tennessee Titans said no. Tom Brady's playing with like seven chips on his shoulder after winning six Super Bowl championships. This is insane. The guy's going to go break every single record with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Yeah, most likely he will, and this is something that the Patriots do. Like, they... They remove like emotion out of any decision they make, and it's it's a professional gig. Like that's, it, they're all numbers and people to them, I guess. Where they say, okay, how can they help our team? Do they fit in? And they don't let their like nostalgia or their their emotions creep into it. And they've yeah, done it in the past, as we we've talked about before, how they've traded away veterans, maybe even a year too early, because they don't want they always that's just what they're known to do. And with we thought the one exception would be Tom Brady. And it turns out, no, Bill Belichick has a plan. He has a whole system in place and probably sat back. I'm sure he tried to let emotion creep in a little bit and nostalgia. But, hey, man, what this guy brings, like not only the tangibles, but the intangibles he has, we we need to to do right by Tom. But then, no, he did not break whatever code he has in trying to build a football team. So I guess we'll see whatever the Patriots are this upcoming season. It's going to be a huge test for Belichick. Belichick. Tom Brady, Philip Rivers, Ryan Tannehill, Jimmy Garoppolo. Anybody else? Derek Carr. I guess all of their, from here on forward, will be judged on whether or not they, the right decision was made. And I'll, I'm here for it, and I'll be doing the judging, especially when it comes to the Colts aspect, because I live in the city, and now I'm learning that Tom Brady could have been a neighbor. <laughs> That's so what you're saying is you're, you're a good, your close personal friend, Chris Bauer, the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, mm-hmm. he will not be too upset if Phil Rivers just lights the world on fire next year and Tom Brady struggles in Tampa. 
that would make him, it would look like it. Oh, I made yeah. the right decision. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I'd be the one saying with the, the, with the, the megaphone in front of everybody, like, hey, Chris Ballard, just like Bill Polian picked Peyton Manning over Ryan Leaf, Chris Ballard picked Phillip Rivers over Tom Brady, and this is going to be a big decision down the road on if it was correct or not. But it really only has an impact in the next, what, one to two years, don't you think? All we have is tomorrow. Really, and we don't even have that anymore. We don't have tomorrow. All, all we have is right now. Well, I agree. That's what I'm saying, though. So you're saying, well, in the grand scheme of things, it's not a big deal. I'm just – I got a guy just walked out of here. We're hoping he makes it to tomorrow. True, man. It's true. When real life hits you, it hits you hard. <sighs> Ty. T's and P's to Ty Schmidt. T's and P's to Ty. Yeah, it was that – Saturday he seemed a little off, too. I think it may have been creeping into his brain. He, he started to worry. He wasn't here Saturday. Yeah, he didn't come. That's going to make it even worse. By the Why way. wasn't he there Saturday? Was he homesick? Well, his lady – so the reason – his lady is – his lady is a nurse. Oh. So he – I think they are expecting, obviously, her work hours to go up. So any time they had together, they are going to spend together. It was the right decision. In my eyes, though, her being a nurse – like immediately upon this thing happening, I actually was like, "Oh man, this is how how is how is this going to work with you know her being like a hero?" And by the way, the nurses right now oh, yeah. are out there ass kicking in the medical field, very much appreciate. But how is that going to work? And uh, we didn't really know. We didn't really know. But big big. By the way, big shout out to the nurses and to all the medical professionals, and big T's and P's for Ty, who's currently potentially seeing all of them right now. I mean, it could be a situation. Man, yeah. Hopefully uh, hopefully things work out with him. I'm guessing he's not going to be in studio tomorrow. The governor gave a old stay-at-home chant today, except for, for work, by the way. Yeah, Ohio got that, too, where it was like, oh, you know, you're getting all the texts. We're going to be all locked down. You better go get supplies if you need them. Well, no, like grocery stores are open. Pharmacies are open. You can still go out of the house. You can still go to the grocery. Yeah. I don't know if they're going to start stopping people and asking them where you're going and making sure it's an okay. Like, this is on the list of places I'm able to go. But hopefully it shouldn't change a whole lot of what our daily life looks like already. Imagine me getting pulled over. Where are you going? Work. What do you do for a living? Uh, talking to microphones. Is that an essential? Yeah, is that an essential? Yeah, you're damn right it is, sir. Yeah. What do you think is going to go on if I'm the, if I don't talk in this microphone? You think the world's just going to go, keep going, officer? Is, is that the blood you want on your fucking hands? Let me go, pal. Uh, you go to jail. Here you go. Locked up. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just can't wait to to watch the the body cam footage of that if it happens. <laughs> I think we have a permission slip. Yeah, I always wanted the body cam from my arrest to come out. There, yeah, was, freedom of freedom of information act can't we make a request yeah it was before the body cams though uh, uh, because i think if that entire thing would have got out these shows would be much bigger we'd be much bigger than we are because those cam, those those interactions would have been epic epic well, want, most people like especially say a politician gets a dui or someone that's in the, oh, the yeah. public limelight if they get in trouble they usually those videos tend to hurt their career and don't help them you think yours would have helped oh yeah 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 absolutely that would have I a lot it. of views I on youtube it. Hey, yeah it would do well yeah pat mcafee's interaction with a officer of the law at 4 a.m october 20th 2010 here's the give and take sir i was drunk in the street down there and then wait so this was during the season oh, so yeah. If this was, say it was current day and this happened, wouldn't you have been suspended a few games? I was suspended, thank you very much. How long? One game. was a Monday Night Football game, too, I think, so it's even bigger. You know? Who punted for you? <clears throat> oh, what was his name? He was a lefty. He was like a uh, – he bounced around a little bit. Jeremy 
Cap, uh, Cop, uh, yep, he was in Pittsburgh. He was in Green Bay for a minute. Yeah, he bounced around. Capanos, he's from Penn State. Yeah, yeah yes, him, Jeremy Capanos. Uh, he was the punter, and Cushing, uh, <laughs> Cushing tried to kill him. I guess. Yeah, he punted one right before half, and he was like jogging down to cover, and then out of nowhere, I guess Cushing just uh, eliminated him. He ended up sideways on the ground. At halftime, he was thinking he couldn't get back in the game. They gave him some painkillers, I guess, like uh, kind of got him back in there. In the next day, when I came back in after suspension, he was laid up on the <laughs> <laughs> training table. And I was like, hey, man, you did a great job or whatever. He was like, thanks, man. Uh, I, I'm going to feel this one for like the next couple <laughs> weeks, I think. Then we watched the film back in Cushing, I mean, I don't think I've ever seen a punter get hit like that. It was like the uh, it was like the Pro Bowl. Sean Taylor. Sean Taylor hit. It was like that, but it was behind the play. And I was like, wait, does that mean Cushing likes me? Because he could have done that to me, and he chose not to. And then the one game I'm not in, you know. I think the opportunity was there. If you were running down and Cushing had the same opportunity on you, I would expect Cushing as a as a professional that he would have taken that shot on. You you think you think he would have done the same thing? You think you think he would have to me, AJ. Have you seen Brian Cushing? Yeah, I think he would. <laughs> <laughs> He's an animal. Yeah, he is. I got really good at the old later folks, though. Yeah, or you, what you should do is if you see the guy lining you up, act like you don't see him, so then you can slide it. You can slip it right at the last minute. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, I got this guy. He's not looking at me. And you're like, oh, yeah, I don't see him. And you just oh, yeah. Open, you, yeah, you little okie doke on him. People used to really try to come and get me, AJ. After I made a couple of tackles, everybody's like, oh, you think you're an athlete. Huh? Let's go ahead and try that. I used to have some guys headhunting me. And the I best is what you used to be able to do. You used to be able, I'm sure you can't do it anymore, is send one of your front line guys directly at the kicker. Oh, right as soon as the ball is kicked, just have them sprint right at the guy. Yeah, you can't do that anymore, but those days were a nightmare. Oh, yeah. I love that. That guy turned, he would always go take a shot at the kicker and then circle back around and try to pick up another block. And it, it was this assignment. It was amazing when he would actually connect with the kicker. Hey, go kill the kicker and then get back in the wall and just try to deplete somebody else. I mean, because if you're, if you're kicking off, Pat, don't you see, like, say you're watching a film and you see that the team's doing that, doesn't that already mess you up mentally going into that game? Well, not me personally, but I could see how other people could get messed up. You know what I mean? Yeah, somebody that was much, like, it wasn't as mentally tough as you. Yeah, that scared the shit out of me, though. Tom McMahon, special teams coach, head up after you kick the ball today. Head up. I'm like, why? They're like, I think old insert number here is coming to get you today. I was like, oh, great. What made you think that? He's like, well, I heard their special teams coach talking to him saying, lay the motherfucker out if you get a chance. And I think he was talking about you. And I'm like, oh, great. So I just run with my asshole puckered the entire game, like just waiting to get blindsided. And lo and behold, I would ole the guy last second. See you later. Check that on film. Yeah, that's good. They know. Then I guess the next teams know that they can't take a shot at you. Hey, this guy's – they're in their, their meeting on Wednesday morning. Hey, this kicker's way too athletic for our move, guys. We can't go after him. And not only is he athletic, he's super jacked, so I don't want you to get hurt. So we're going to nix that this week. Thank you. We don't need to be hurting anybody. We only got 53 guys. How about – um, you know, some people that would come out to block me and they would actually say, like, I got you, right? And it was like an agreement. Like, okay, you got me. I got you. I'm going to do a little bit here so it looks like on film I'm trying to get off. You know what yep. I mean? Does that happen in real football with, like, you guys? Like, is there any time where you and an offensive lineman are like, all right, you're good, I, you're good, you got me, you got me? Or are you always trying to 
Fuck well, you're kind of, There's not really it, the plays are so quick, like three seconds, four seconds at times, especially a run play. There's not a whole lot of times when that can happen when you can have the old business deal with a guy. Okay, cool, 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 cool. And you're, you're, as you're locked up, he's like, hey, easy, 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 easy. Oh, Lyman. I'm like, no. And you got to like, I, I'm like, I got to get off the block, man. I can't sit here and be stuck to you. Hey, but easy, easy, it, easy. <laughs> no, I have to. No, easy, easy. No, no. Yeah, no. I'm chopping his arms. I feel like a little kid trying to chop him off of me. <laughs> the only time it would happen were is say you're in like a compromised position say i come up i'm i hit the guard head first shock and shed i'm trying to shed and the lineman can kind of see there's like a pile up behind me and say he was a vet lineman who i played against a bunch he would grab a hold and kind of like pull me in but hey easy man like they, he would know hey this oh. is going to be bad if i keep trying to drive you down i feel like i don't want to tear both your acls like i always appreciated guys like that so would the, the next play would you not go as hard on the guy would it be an agreement for the rest of the game or is it no just- it's only for that play like the rest of the game you might you may talk to him like laugh about it when you're you're cracking heads the rest of the game and then after the game may appreciate you know tell him let him know i appreciate him and looking forward to, to cracking skulls next time we play rob ninkovich said last week on my radio show he said that jadavion Clowney is looking for 20 million a year and ninkovich said and he doesn't even try hard what does that mean as a defensive end somebody who is getting hit every single play and he said he doesn't even really try hard what what does that mean he means he's just not attempting to succeed every single play as defensive end does or what does not trying hard mean he's just eating up a block he's doing his jog what could that have potentially meant and is that normal in the football world it definitely happens where guys take plays off especially if you're an edge rusher and you play the majority of the game you're not just being inserted on passing downs it can happen uh i think some people have you hear about guys that have a high motor like high motor guys, like oh, yeah. Vandenbosch, the guy who was my favorite player ever. I love oh. Vandenbosch. That dude had the highest motor I've ever seen. He yeah. had the red I, contacts. Red contacts, oh. just absolutely crazy and so fun to watch and to, to play against. Uh, but yeah, there's guys that can all of a sudden say they may jump out to get a sack early in the game, first quarter. They're like, cool, got that out of the way, and they may take two quarters off almost. And they're gonna they're gonna go hard and try to get to the quarterback. But say it's a play, it's like chasing backside or something if you're a pursuit dude or something you can just tell on film early on like guys that aren't hustle guys i'm not saying that's Jadavian Clowney. i haven't like studied him like that but yeah it happens all the time i think that's insane to me i agree i, I mean i believe me i couldn't afford to take any plays off <laughs> Well, that's what Ninkovich said. Ninkovich said, I take a play off. They would have ran me to the XFL immediately. What Ninkovich said. If, if I took plays off, too, I would be worried already instantly on the field. I'm like, oh, it's going to look terrible tomorrow, man. Coach is going to oh. kill me. This may be up in the team room. You may show this one to everybody. I, it, I always thought about that, too. If there was ever a, a scrum or something, like, I have to show my face in this strictly for the film room tomorrow. Like, hey, if something goes on, I have to show my face. I have to be on the right side of history in the film room. Like, that has to happen. I assume the thought happens for a lot of players as well in the middle of games. Whenever there's a, like, if you're a defensive player and there's a long touchdown run happening on the other side, if you don't appear to be giving your all to act as if you're going to chase that guy, I assume you get ruined in film. Is that accurate? Yeah, you get killed. Especially, like, say you're chasing a guy down. Say you know you're not going to get there and the guy's running down the sidelines. You have to show that you're running at 100%. Oh. And the worst is, too, is if, like, a D lineman surpasses you or, a, <laughs> worse, a referee passes you up. Like, the coach will stop that and just stare at you. <laughs> really? Yeah. You tell me this 30 or 49-year-old referee with, with a half a leg is faster than you? You can't, you can't run any faster than that, and you get, there's no answer. You got nothing. Well, it was Tyreek Hill. I, I, 
Yeah. I assumed he was going to outrun all of us, but uh, maybe I was wrong there. Um, $21 million is allegedly what Jadavion Clowney was seeking. What defensive end do you think in the history of the game has been worth $21 million a year? Reggie White, maybe, in current day Reggie White. I don't know. Is there anyone making? Is there any DNs making twenty million a year? No, no, I don't think so. Mm-hmm. Who? That's what he was looking for. Uh, Cowboys DN. Demarcus, uh, Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence. Demarcus Lawrence, twenty million a year. There you go. I did not know that. Is that still happening right now? Yeah, let me check to make sure. So Jadavion Clowney is not wrong for asking for twenty-one million. Then, if somebody else in the defensive end world is already making twenty million, Robert Quinn just signed for fourteen million a year already. I guess. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence is making twenty-one. Frank Clark's making twenty point eight. Dang. So, no, I don't think he's wrong asking I, for that. Me neither. By the way, I didn't know that. I don't think he's wrong either. You're you're worth what somebody is willing to pay you. Like when someone Bingo. gets paid and the people say, oh, he's not worth that. Well, actually, look, I am worth that because I just signed with that team. Like whatever some if, – if there's only one team out of 32 that's willing to pay you that money, that much money, guess what? That's your worth right now. So you, it's – I understand if you think guys get paid too much at times, and it does happen, but – what, are you going to blame the individual? Nah, I'm not worth that much, guys. Give me a little bit less. <laughs> How do you feel about people that learn that their stocks are about to tank and then they cash out some of their money and then they look like despicable humans, but they save themselves like $100 million? How, how do you feel about those? What an interesting position that I would never be in. But like when Martha got in trouble, what what the hell was that lady supposed to do? Hey, if you don't, if you don't sell these stocks, you're going to lose $15 million. She sells those stocks. She ends up in jail for two years or a year at a country club thing. Now she's reinvigorated. That's exactly like you asking people to say no to a bigger contract. I don't know how you're supposed to ask people to say, uh, like, yeah, don't sell your stocks after you find out you're going to lose $100 million if you don't. I, I don't know. I, don't, like, I, I hate those people. They're despicable people, obviously. But, boy, I don't know what I would do in that position. Yeah, insider trading, it's a real, it's a real thing. That uh, Yeah, I don't know. What, should Martha, before she – sold off whatever she sold off i guess she maybe should have called like a a tax guy or her financial people and said hey i got some info i think i'm gonna lose a bunch of money if i don't sell off all this stock so we need to find a way to do this legally and uh help me with this and they probably said well martha you got some information that everyone else isn't privy to that is called insider trading exactly you are not allowed to do that i don't know if that's exactly what martha did but it would put you in a tough spot. You'd be like, well, maybe if I just sold off a little bit of them to throw them off the scent, and then I sell off some other stuff, and then maybe tomorrow I come back and sell off the rest of this bad stock that I don't want. It happened with that senator lady down in Georgia. Four senators, didn't it? Well, I don't know if it was four. I just saw that one lady was trending that one morning. I assume that those senators and those people, they know. So I, I believe they're probably insider trading every day of their lives, by the way. They, they know all that stuff. Especially when you're, yeah, like when you're married to somebody that is involved in the finance industry or some other big time job. The president of the New York Stock Exchange. What an interesting. You may may need to to be pretty conservative in what you do. If you're married to the president of the New York Stock Exchange, if he is still or he was previously, like you, you probably know there's a couple more eyeballs on you than the old regular Joe. Are you in the stock market? I mean, I have a, we have financial people, but I don't do crazy, like risky things. I don't pretend to understand how the stock market works. Um, but I mean, yeah, a little bit. It's just fake money, I think. Is it? Just keep them on the ride. <laughs> 
Yeah, it'll eventually come back up. It's going to come back up, man. Just keep it on in there. That's that's what they say. <laughs> then you die and it goes to your kids. Exactly. And whoever saw the money, nobody. I don't fully understand how the stock market Somebody works. Somebody did. Somebody saw that money. Uh, yeah, the Somebody's guy. Somebody's using it. The guy that was doing the. Um, <laughs> um, Matthew McConaughey. Um, You want to do some YouTube questions, pal? Yeah. Every once in a while, we like to dive into the deep depths of the most beautiful place on the internet, the YouTube comments section for YouTube questions. <laughs> YouTube questions. boy Z, what do we got, pal? Uh, what's the worst commercial you guys had to record for your teams back in the day? For your team or for anything? Yeah, I don't know. I'm guessing like uh, like team commercials or something like that. I bet like, you it's local yeah. sponsors. Yes. Is what Maybe talking. a Legends commercial. Uh, yeah, Ohio State Legends commercial. What's that like? You just got to drive a car around with the license plate? <laughs> the license plate that I do not have. I've seen it. I got a clip. You got a clip. You got a clip of my license plate. First of all, Pat, it was a dealer car at the time, and oh, vanity plates on a dealer car. So, how was that commercial for that for that car dealership? Was it cool? Did you like hop radio, out of a car? It was a radio spot. I nailed it. What'd you say? Get a Tahoe for my guy Jim. Legends, legends of Ohio State. Yeah, that's it. You're, you may take my gig. You may take my dealer car from me now. Oh, so you're currently doing that? You currently have a dealer car right now? Yeah. Do all the legends of Ohio State have a dealer car with this one dealer? No. Only the super legends. <laughs> Whoa. Oh, wow. Whoa. Wow. Whoa. No, it's a very, it's, yeah, it's good. Get, I get, they get tickets to Ohio State games. Where it's a great back and forth. Oh, insider trading. What is I, give, I give some of my tickets that I pay for and buy, and I'm, I'm in trouble. No, 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 no. You're buying Connor tickets. There, what, what are you buying? Inappropriately using insider trading. That's not insider trading. Well, it sounded like trading. You know, you get yeah. a car, they get tickets. You know, it's exactly. Like Fully legal. It's bartering, I think. Outside trading. But it is outside trading. <laughs> you are is. outside trading. But um, <laughs> so you're giving them tickets and an ad read for one car? No way. You're getting a bad no. deal here. We got to talk about this. First off, the ad read was eight years ago. And Do they still off, run it? Do they still run it? No, I don't think. I have no idea. It's yeah, it's a weird one. It's a weird one where there's there's friends and family involved that I know. So it's almost oh, like I, I try to. Oh. I feel bad, so I take care of them. Hey man, I got tickets to the Michigan State game. You want to like like that? Oh, you're That's a good sure. guy. There's no like set thing that I have to do. It's not that. It, there's not even a contract really. Okay. <laughs> if I'm gonna buy an SUV in Columbus, Ohio, where should I buy it from? <laughs> I don't know. My my guy's not in Columbus, Ohio, so. Where's he at? Zanesville. Oh, my God. That's where the big cats were let loose. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's yeah. where the guy killed himself and opened up the gates and let all his animals out. That was part of Tiger King yesterday. I just learned about Zanesville. If you're driving down the street and you see a lion, report it. It's not a pet. That's what the that's what the sheriffs had to say. Oh, like 18 of them out? Yeah. Mm -hmm. There was uh, no, lions and panthers. Somebody, There's a police call of like, I think I have a jaguar in my backyard looking at my goddamn corgi. <laughs> <laughs> People are having problems over there. I need to watch that. It's like a four-part documentary, isn't it? Joe Exotica framed. Oh, I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, and it, you know when that happened, and there was all the, there was like legit tigers, lions, panthers 
roaming around because the dude opened up the gates and shot himself, I think. The guy who had like this backyard zoo, basically. And then people were outraged because they were shooting and killing the animals. And they're like, no, you got to tranquilize them. And I remember Jungle Jack Hanna going on CNN or something. He's like, hey, we'd love to tranquilize them, but we got wild animals roaming the streets around people if you tranquilize them first off we don't have all the proper equipment right now to get all these things tranquilized but sometimes it could take an hour or two after we shoot them they would go ransack through someone's house there was somebody reporting that there was a lion an african lion running across 70 which is an interstate <laughs> the people, imagine just driving like what's going on is that a fucking mustafa that was happening that's why joe exotic by the way came up on the uh, people started talking about him so much because they thought he was a ticking time bomb. They thought he was going to be the next to let all his animals out whenever he lost his mind and, and did what the guy in Zanesville did where you buy cars from. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, yeah, I'm glad they got that cleared up. And they're, they're, they're starting to make some more laws and rules on the types of animals I think you're allowed to have on your own property. I think it's state by state. Hey, those big cat people, uh, I mean, they're a different animal now. Strangest people on the planet. On planet Earth. I've got, that, that Tiger King doc is worth a watch. Is is the person that has Love meth. big tigers in their backyard stranger than say the sixty two year old lady that has fourteen indoor cats? Yes, which is worse. Uh, the the big cat people are by far the a tiger could eat you. What about a hoarder that just has two different types of psycho feces sitting around their house? Nah, you're talking about over. two different types of psycho here. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Legit. The, the, these big cat psychos are a whole different level of psycho. Uh, it, it, We're what, talking cults. Yeah, I mean they're 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 drug addicts. They're most not most. I think all of them are legitimately drug addicts. They all have a cult like mentality where they can get people to buy in. And then obviously they got these killers just roaming in the back that they think are their friends. The one guy what? that the drug overlord. They didn't even really go into Ooh. too much on him because they couldn't. Yeah, you know, he would only limit his access to what he would talk about. And who oh, was talking about the guy down in Miami? In, yeah, the one in Miami. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's crazy. It costs a bunch of money though, too. How do these people make enough money? Like, where do they make their money oh. to just keep these things fed and housed? You're gonna watch that Tiger King documentary, and in, in about 15 different points, you're gonna say, "How are they paying for this?" And you're never gonna get the answer. You're never gonna get the answer. The only answer that's gonna come is that Joe Exotic was fucking framed. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Uh oh, that's, he's like that, he. I, I haven't seen Joe Exotic. All. I only saw the first twenty minutes. I believe that's him. is he. I figured this was going to be like a Grizzly Man situation where he gets eaten at the end, kind of on camera. Oh. They tried. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they tried. They tried putting sardines. They they tried to get our guy, and he. By the way, he's too good of a Tiger King. They, you'll see. I don't want to give any spoilers away, but they try to kill him. Meth will survive. And Joe Exotic was framed. Uh-huh. Okay, I can't wait to watch it. Have you seen Richard Jewell? <laughs> no, but I do know of his story. Is that a good movie? Yeah, I like the movie. Talk about a guy that got screwed. Screwed. Yeah. Fucking hero, too. And they tried to just paint his name and smear his name through the mud. And all Richard Jewell wanted to do was get home to his mom and save some people's lives. His, uh, do they do they talk to his lawyer on that? Oh, no, it's a movie. Actually. Didn't that Clint Eastwood movie? Yeah, Clint Eastwood uh, produced and directed it. His lawyer, Watson, hilarious, dude. Hilarious. One of his lawyers, named guy named Lynn Wood, who uh, Pistol knows very well. They've worked oh. at times together. Oh, he got, he's, he's one of the guys that helped Richard Jewell. Didn't he sue the city or sue whoever for hundreds of millions? Oh, we can't hear you. Oh. His uh, batteries went out. Batteries oh, Pat's batteries went out, so you can't hear me right now. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, Ty Schmidt Can't went home early. He was the battery guy. He is the battery guy. Oh, Ty touched these earlier. Oh, oh no. sh. Oh, sh. Oh, no. Uh oh. Show's this over. Uh, you already Jay. touched it. Doesn't matter. Yeah. Jay's oh, oh, Jay. over. Lysol wipes in here. Wipe his wipe Pat's hands. Huh? Yeah. Lysol, Jay. Lysol Jay, Lysol, Lysol yourself, Dan. Don't touch your face. Son of a bitch! <laughs> oh man. So Pat can't hear me right now, can he, guys? No, no, no. he cannot hear you at all. What would you guys do if Ty's like, "Hey, I'm feeling a lot better," and he wants to come back in? That's not the our. That's I, not our decision. The only thing I can hear. Is just the COVID nineteen climbing through my fingers, <laughs> right inside my body from Ty. He touches this last. Are you back? Can you hear me now? No, he's good. He's contemplating. <laughs> I can't hear you. It's all over. He's there. contemplating what? Opening up another battery yes. pack? Yeah. yeah. Just shut your mouth, okay? I I, I got COVID nineteen. I think because Ty. This is Ty's the Ty. Well, just wipe your hands now, quick. Oh, Don't touch go. your face. You wipe your stuff down. Billy wipes. That boy, Bill. Bill. Bill, MVP. Do you know this guy, Bailey? Or what's up, Bailey? What's yep, it? he nailed it. He said it right. Said Don't it. kill me, bud. <laughs> 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 Never gets old. <laughs> Steve Buscemi. <laughs> boy, am I glad I called that guy. <laughs> that's that's the look I get from old Bailey. Uh, do you guys want another question? Yeah. I've turned. Uh, I've been in the middle of uh, commercial reads though for local companies. Stop what I was doing mid-read, saying I'm not doing it. Give them their money back. I have done that before. Local ad reads are the worst. You know it. I know it. Their advertising agency from the local small town graduated in 1976 with an advertising <laughs> degree, and they're telling me we want to sell some fucking car wash. I don't, I don't need to be saying. Are have you ever been backed up on the goal line and had to punt? Don't punt. Like me, Pat McAfee. Instead, <laughs> I hey, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I'm out on all of them. By the way, I feel like we we just got much safer and cleaner. Yeah, in here. we're cleaning Don over here too. Anything else, Steve? Uh yeah. Uh, what's the best heckling you've heard from a fan? Did you Ooh. get heckled much by fans? I would assume you would. Yeah, Hawk. Yeah, um, Hawk. I'm trying to think, <laughs> a lot of people would yell. <laughs> Brady Quinn's banging your sister. And I'm oh, like, geez. all right, man. Just, I, I, I respect the effort, but I don't have a sister. So, like, just you could look that up a little more. Like, I married his sister. But that's the main thing. I, stuff like that. Or I do remember the one time I had to leave a game, I popped my calf in Detroit. And I was trying to, like, hobble up to the tunnel. And I remember as I was walking by, like, you know, behind the end zone, the fans just yelling, going crazy, calling me all kinds of names, and I just kind of chuckled. I thought it was great. Oh, those scumbags in Detroit. Oh, Detroit, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't even get to a hospital there, I bet. Well, what do you mean? Does Detroit what about have you, Pat? Do people come yes. after you? Nah, not really. I mean, one guy in Oakland, he was wearing shoulder pads and had the whole thing, and uh, he was right by my kicking net, and he started chanting DUI to me while I was warming up. DUI. But do your homework, bud. Wasn't a DUI. So I said, I said I, I wasn't driving. I wasn't driving. So then he like pondered for a second, and then he remembered that I was allegedly swimming, and he said DUS, DUS, and I was like driving under swimming. That doesn't make any sense either. Oh fuck you! And then he walked away. <laughs> that was a full give and take we had. It was pretty good. Philadelphia Eagles fans are always great. 
That was my first game back after getting uh, the alleged arrest. We were in Philadelphia. It's like a four o'clock game or something like that. So there's, uh, it was obviously a massive decision on whether I was going to embrace the fans early because we knew something was coming, or was I just not going to? I was just going to act as if they didn't exist. And early in the game, there was obviously a heavier set man screaming because you could hear his, uh, you know, whatever his, his fat, fat, his yeah, gobble, you could hear his, his fat. jowls, you could hear his fat stooge. Yeah, you could hear it. You <laughs> McAfee, you know, McAfee. And uh, I was sitting next to Vinatieri, and we're like, ah, we're not going to listen. We're not going to listen. And then finally, I just turned around, and he was this massive man, and he was holding like a forty-four ounce cup with <laughs> beer in it. And he goes, there's nothing wrong with having a few of these and going for a swim. And then he starts chugging his beer and the section starts cheering for him. And he goes, I'm probably going to do it tonight. You know, and they're like yelling. And I'm like, all right, these people here in Philadelphia get a bad rap or whatever. So then I go out and I punt and I get this lucky bounce, like from the 15, luckiest bounce of all time, rolls down to the one. Uh, Blair White, I think was his name, the wide receiver from oh, Michigan yeah. State. Blair White was yes, the sir. gunner. He downs it. So I go back on the sideline, and I hear McAfee. It is the same guy. I turn around, and he goes, fuck you. <laughs> I was like, I thought we were having a good time here. I thought we were friends. So I, I experienced the Philadelphia Eagles fan base literally through its entire awesome, chugging beers with me, celebrating me, and then burying me. So I, I think that is my favorite fan encounter would be the Philadelphia Eagles fans. I like rowdy fans, though. I like rowdy fans a lot. Yeah, so do I, you, the last thing you want is a whole crowd of people that's just indifferent to whatever's going on on the field. Like, yeah, you, you mm. like it. It's fun. Even if you're an away team, it's fun to go in those hostile environments. Mm, AJ, you're not particularly my favorite player, but you're good at football. Imagine <laughs> if a fan was saying that. Hey, welcome. Welcome to Detroit, AJ. You're pretty good yeah. at football, man. All right, this kind of week. I don't want to. It would get, well. Maybe it would. Maybe it would work though on some people. Just pump them up, like Bill Belichick pumps up the, his next opponents. Maybe yeah. if they did that. But he won't pump up Tom Brady. No, no, he won't. But he does. If if the Patriots play the Bucks in the Super Bowl this next upcoming season, you know he'll pump up Tom Brady leading up to the Super Bowl. Uh, he's a great score. Great score. I'm a long time, obviously. We had him for a long time. We won all the games for him, anyways. We're on the tail, anyway. Yeah, that's probably it. Or what if it's Jared Studham is just there? It is scorched through the league all through the regular season. He's having a huge year. He, he gets elected to the Pro Bowl. He MVP. has a great postseason heading into the Super Bowl, and Tom, and Bill Belichick just all of a sudden decides to to go off script and he starts just killing Tom Brady and pumping up his own guy. Yeah, we have a guy now that can actually move. <laughs> It's been hard to win the Super Bowls when you have a quarterback that's been a statue for the last 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> if Bill starts cutting heel promos on Tom Brady, that would be awesome. Tell us how you really feel, Bill. Billy, William Belichick. You, I think we know how Brady's going to respond, though. Remember, oh, yeah. coming off his suspension, they win the Super Bowl. Everyone's like, oh, it's going to be amazing. Goodell's got to give Brady the the trophy, and Tom handles it with just pure class. So I think there's, I don't think there's anything that can get Tom Brady like off kilter. Publicly. Oh, yeah, publicly, yeah. I'm sure he's, you know, behind the scenes, he's still a human and has emotions and feelings about it. I think even his announcement, whenever he said, like, if I've learned anything from football, is it doesn't matter what you've done in the past, even last year. I think that was a subtle shot at Bill Belichick. Mm -hmm. Really? I think How? 
Because Ninkovich has said that, and Akib Talib have said that in those negotiations with Bel- Bill Belichick, those things do not matter. He does not care about anything that you've done in the past. Those things about it's not what you did last year or what you've done in your entire career. It's whatever you've done next. Like I think that was, those were things that Belichick and the Patriots were potentially saying to Tom Brady about why they can't afford to pay him whatever asking price he's asking and do other things. Like, well, it's not about what you did last year. It's about what you can do moving forward and we as a team and blah, blah, blah. So I think there's even things that he put in his statement that was like if bill belichick reads this he knows they know that this is because of them they know that this is because of them should they though should teams let emotion creep in when they're thinking of re-signing players obviously not the patriots have won for 20 years (laughs) and that's the way they did it i mean uh, the right answer is no you should do it exactly how the patriots have done it but the patriots aren't going to be able to act the way that they've acted for all these years because tom brady the best of all time isn't taking player or team friendly deals that they can't hold over the heads of everybody else which i think you even stated too i i I think the team shouldn't get emotionally invested or whatever but i don't think it's going to be easy to do from here on out for the patriots or anybody going forward. i don't think we'll see that again no, I mean, it's what they've been able to do with the tandem of, of Belichick and Brady, which is the, the two solid pieces that were there the whole time. And Robert Kraft, obviously, is the owner who Robert Kraft 100% lets emotion in because Bill makes all the football decisions. So Robert Kraft can go give these guys hugs and kisses in the locker room and on the sidelines and have great relationships with them <laughs> because he's not the one making the decision whether he cuts you or not. Him and Vince Wilfork always kissing. Same with Tom. Do you uh, do you and the uh, Colts owner, you guys kiss each other's cheeks when you see each other? Jim Irsay, nah. I think Jim and I would have a good handshake, though. Well, not now. Obviously, we would oh, elbow, yes. elbow bump. Mm. Elbow bump or whatever. He, you seem like an Irsay guy, though. I think I, people, many people would say I was an Irsay guy. I mean, it, no matter what he's got going on, Jim Irsay and what he's doing, I still think it's great for the league to have like colorful – owners like that that aren't scared to speak their mind whether they say things right or wrong you don't have to agree with what he says but i respect when people in high positions aren't aren't scared to put their opinions out there and kind of have hot takes on certain things i think it's fun well i got friends in low places where the whiskey drowns and the beer chases the blues away and I'll be okay. Okay. Well, I'm not big on social graces. Well, sip out now to the old ways. So I got friends in low places. AJ, Hog, your turn. Go. So was there a reason you broke into that? Where you said something about people in high places. Oh, okay, my bad. I immediately thought about the opposite, which is low places. And I was like, I got friends. In low places where the whiskey drowns. That's that's how it all happened. Okay, I thought it might have something to do with, I know Ursa, like all of a sudden we'll buy like a million dollar guitar. That was something that Jimi Hendrix may have breathed on back in the day. No, no, it legitimately was breathed on if he's spending a million bucks on it. But he will spend a million bucks on it if it was breathed on. I, How I did mean, he make his money? Do you know? Who, Ursay? Yeah. I think his dad had a heating and cooling company of some sort. I've been told stories that somehow uh, most of Chicago either has 
their family's air conditioning or heating or something in their building, something along those lines. And then the Baltimore Colts were purchased. And then obviously overnight the Colts removed Indianapolis. And then Jim Irsay is the youngest owner when he bought it for a million dollars from his dad. And I don't know. I, it's just the Irsay, Jim Irsay, I wish he was more outspoken, to be honest. One of the coolest humans ever exist. Just hangs out with Mellon Camp, the Beatles. He just partied back in the day. He was a power lifter at one point. I mean, the guy is just electric. It's pretty sweet. They originally bought the LA Rams. I didn't know that. Yeah, for $19 million before trading franchises with Carol Rosenblum for the Baltimore Colts. So he could have been the Rams owner. Think about that. The L.A. Rams owner. He seems like an L.A. guy. Has a house out there, I guess. Everybody thought the Colts were going to Los Angeles, by the way. Whenever there was a new stadium potentially being built in Indianapolis, I guess there was a holdup on whether or not there would be tax help or state help or something like that. And I guess they took a helicopter fly over Los Angeles to see to look at sites for a potential stadium. And the, the story goes that within the next couple of days, the state agreed to keep the Colts there or something like that. Well, it's the classic move you have to do if you're an owner and you're trying to get help from the city through tax dollars to build a new stadium that you can present like, hey, this is going to bring in so much money and so much revenue for the city. If the city is slow on trying to give you those tax breaks, what do you do? You go act like there's other options. Now you fly right over to St. Louis where the Battle Hawks made home and you get a bird above the birds and say, we're going to take a team back to St. Louis. What about P.J. Walker, the XFL QB, gets signed by the Panthers, Matt Rule's old disciple, and now he's back with them. Pumped up about Philip Walker. Are you? Pumped up. I, I can't wait to see where Jordan Tomu ends up at. Jordan Tomu. Maybe New England. Maybe New England. Maybe Baltimore over there. You think there's any chance that that uh, Hoyer has a chance like that he's no. going to get to compete for the starting uh-huh. job in New England? That guy stinks. What? what? That guy stinks at football. Oh, he does? Hell of a mentor. He played for the Colts last year, and I think he only threw like seven interceptions or something like that in one quarter. Why are they acting like he may have a chance to start? I don't know. That was the – I don't know. He got a one-year $1.05 million deal. So I guess it's the whole thing. Like, every job is open. Like, every coach likes to say, like, everyone's competing for a job. So, nobody – I guess Stidham, they're not going to hand the job to him. I mean, the Patriots – I feel like they're going to have to find a way to trade up into the first round and get one of these quarterbacks. What quarterback do you think would be better than Stidham? I don't know. I don't. I don't know much about Stidham or Stutham, as you guys there like to is. call him. The Oregon kid, Herbert, Justin Herbert. Maybe they could trade up high enough to grab him. Or is he six foot five or something? That kid with mm-hmm. big flow. Yeah, smart he's very dude. Tall. Academic Heisman. Everybody's saying he's good. I don't know much. What about if they him. make a? They trade up a ton of spots and they try to get like Tua. I mean, it's it's not out of the question. Would you want Tua? Uh, if we're going to trade up, I'd rather go for Burrow. But if we're going to get, like, the third pick, yeah, why not take a risk on Tua? we got plenty of cap next year. Possibly Deshaun Watson coming in. That's what people are saying. The good <laughs> – what is that? What is that even – Free agent Deshaun Watson. I mean, Billy O is probably going to trade him before the season anyways. Oh, Billy O Stidge has really lost <laughs> a lot of credibility down there in Houston, AJ. Old Billy O'Brien. So if – if the Texans somehow come out and they make a run, and let's say they get to the AFC Championship game, is he like just is he vindicated? Like, hey, mm-hmm. I know you all were killing my moves back in March, but look nah. at us now. Nah, they're not going to do that either. We know that. <laughs> what if they won the Super Bowl? They're not going to. It's not possible. Okay. I bet Billy would have have words with you if you told him that. Billy O'Stooge? Was he going to tell me about my baby mamas and stuff being around like he did DeAndre Hopkins? He's not going to talk to me like that. 
<laughs> what would you have done? What would you have done if a coach would have made like like comments like that, almost like attacking you personally, like as a person, not attacking your game, which is what coaches should do, critique the game, what's on the film, not exactly like you as a person. How would you have responded? I've had a situation similar to that, not from a coach, but from management, and I responded exactly how everybody would expect me to respond. I ain't no bitch. That's just the way it goes. <laughs> so what'd you say? I just stuck up for myself. That's all. And I think that, that I would have done the same thing with old Billy O. Stooge. Is I would have, if I was DeAndre Hopkins and he was talking about my baby mamas being around and stuff like that, I would have probably asked him for the other. You know, like, would you rather me not be around my children? Would that be better for you and for football? You know, I would try to run them in a circle, which is what I try to do in any conversation where I think I'm right and the other person's wrong. I mean, I believe you. I believe that you'd stand up for yourself. It's true. I mean, that doesn't happen a whole lot in the NFL, I feel like, where a head coach or someone can no. say things like there's a lot there's things like that that especially athletes like are super sensitive to. Like you're not you can't speak to grown men like that at times and I understand like the different power positions if he's the GM making decisions, like especially athletes. Like they have a lot of pride. A lot of athletes live by like a code, like you're not gonna treat me like that and speak to me like a human, like like a man and I'm surprised if it did play out the way that it sounds like it did. Well, Darius Slay said, you're not going to tell me I'm sucking another man's crank. <laughs> <laughs> was he joking, though? Like, that's the thing, out of context. Was Patricia joking whenever he made comments like that? Guy, come on, man. What are you working out with those guys for? Right? Those guys are they're they're elite. You're just a guy or you're just good. Like, why do you think he was joking? I don't know. It sure felt like Darius Slay did not think that was the case. But we're not there, right? So that is something, if you're not – in the state of the conversation, and you're not in the environment of where the conversation is happening. You can never know the intent of what somebody was saying. But boy, Darius Slay seemed upset. DeAndre Hopkins seemed upset about it. So the only thing we can judge is their context of the conversation, I guess. So you, you <coughs> excuse me, that was not any oh, other no. cough. Oh, just oh cough. no. AJ. AJ. You played, you were on the team with Bruce Arians was a coach. Oh, no, AJ. Do you see any... Is there going to be any moments on the sideline where fiery competitive Tom Brady and fiery competitive Bruce Arians may get in each other's faces and, and go at it? I don't know. Bruce Arians is always like, we're going for it mentality, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how a lot of coaches say, we're going to empty the bullets today. We're not going to leave any bullets in the gun today. We're going to empty the clip. Like, a lot of coaches say that, and then you get on the field and they're like, kind of, you know, kind of conservative, kind of. Bruce Arians is not like, Bruce Arians will empty the clip every single, like that is his motto. So I don't think there will be many confrontations between Tom and Bruce because I think Tom's probably the same way. Now, there could be a time, and I think Tom Brady is a great game manager, which isn't talked about enough, how he will refuse to turn the ball over as opposed to throwing it into a dicey spot. That's why sometimes he can look a bit boring because he's not taking the shots that some people would expect, especially in a Bruce Arians style offense. So maybe there'll be a couple run-ins where Tom is like, I didn't think, I didn't want to try to fit it in there. And Bruce is like, no, no, try to fit it in there. Like, that is what we're doing. I think those could potentially end up as. But other than that, I think they're both going to be on the same page. Bruce is a let's go, let's go down swinging as opposed to any other type of mindset that some coach could have. So I think they'll be on the same page, actually. There's a, I think I told the story on this. I don't know if it was on this show, the other show, or another show. But there was a time when Bruce was our interim head coach, we were on our own like 25 yard line, maybe it was like fourth and a half a yard or whatever. And he's trying to figure out whether or not we're gonna punt first quarter of a game, early in the game, you're on your own 25, fourth and a half yard, right? I mean, this is maybe our first drive or second drive. And I'm standing right next to Bruce Arians. I'm like, you can get a fucking half a yard, can't you? He's like, we can get a, yeah, we can get a fucking half a yard, right? Like that is the mindset that Bruce Arians has. He's like, he believes in his offense 
more than the defensive coordinator believes in his defense. And that's just how it is at all times. So I think him and Tom Brady will be very much on the same page. I think where a problem could arise is when Tom decides not to take a shot or not do something and Bruce thought that he should have. That could potentially be the only thing. But Bruce is very much like a, I want to see your balls drop type coach. Like that's his, he wants to, he's a, let's go for it. Let's go down. So, which I liked, by the way. I enjoyed every single ounce of it. Don't you think every player would tend to, to like that? I know OBA is known for having like great relationships with his quarterback and how he can kind of revive quarterbacks and, and help them be successful Bruce Arians does seem like the kind of kind of guy too if they do get into an argument on the sideline which happens all the time if you're close especially when you're close with your your coaches and your players like if you have a good relationship you can have a bit of an argument a, a shouting match on the sidelines and Bruce Arians seems like the kind of guy that's having beers with that guy in the in the uh players parking lot right after the game like it's fine you, you're laughing about it when you're close with the dude and by the way Bruce is going to coach him up too like, Bruce is a guy that in the practice, you know, if something's wrong, Bruce will coach him up, you know. But that's the type of feeling, I think, that you as a quarterback want to have is like, hey, my guy is with me just as much as I am. And that's why I think him and Bruce are going to work. And that's why whenever we started, you know, figuring out where he's going to end up at, the thought of him and Bruce Arians in that offense and those weapons, it all makes so much more sense now, hindsight, than it did going in. And I think that's why Bruce and Light, the GM, were very surprised that they could land Tom Brady. I, I don't think they thought they had any chance to get Tom Brady, and then they had a conversation with him. The reports are they had a conversation with him. They're like, wait a minute. We could potentially get Tom fucking Brady. We should go and get Tom Brady. The Colts thought the complete opposite, so... That's where but I was, was was Tampa Bay Tom's third or fourth choice though? You you listed off the teams earlier in the show. Did he try to get, put feelers out there and see? And all these teams are like, no, nah, we're good. And then the Bucks are fourth or fifth down the list. Is that why the the Bucks may have thought they didn't have much of a chance? And also, Tom probably didn't even think about Tampa early on if he really wanted to go to San Fran or Tennessee or back to New England. Do you care if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? No, not at all. Look at Frank Wright. He he took oh, the yeah. job when McDaniel's got named the, the biggest, the weirdest like blunder or whatever. When McDaniel's has the gig, then he doesn't take the gig, and then Frank Wright comes in. He handled it perfectly though. I think in his first presser when he talked about it, like, yeah, I, I understand what the situation is. It's fine. I still have a great opportunity here. Who asked him that question in that press conference? You asked him something, I think. Yeah, never been. Did you like being part of like the press pool, trying to jam and jam a question in there? Nah. No. Nah. Nah, a lot of dumb questions. A lot of like dumb. what? What's an example of a dumb question that is asked of a head coach? Are you going to try hard this year? Come on, that's that's not. They do. Those are the type of questions that press people ask, though. They ask very bland, boring questions. And by the way, I, I I've not been invited back to another press conference after asking that question. And I had had people say like, "That was a pretty risky question you asked in the middle of that press conference." It's like, is it? That's what exactly did you ask? I said, "Do you hate or love Josh McDaniels for everything that had happened here?" You know, Good. great question. Everyone wants to know the answer to that. So anybody wants to? Hey, the only reason why we're here, pal, introduce you as a head coach, and I want to hear what you're thinking about Josh McDaniels and Frank Reich. By the way, being the big brain man that he is, handled it perfectly. Move forward. The headlines everywhere is Frank Reich says the backup role has suited me well through my career. Boom, 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 bang, boom, boom, boom. You're welcome. I'm gonna get out of here and never get invited back. It's okay. You don't. You don't really. It's not like you're pushing to get invited back. I, I can imagine what the local. The local media there in Indy probably has like a love-hate with you. Like, oh, man, Pat's amazing. We love him. But then he shows up and he just derails any kind of press conference or situation we're in. Yep. 
Yeah. yeah. They don't love me around here, I don't think, the media, the local media. Why, do, why would you say that? I don't know. I'm about 45 times bigger than all of them. <laughs> so well, really, yeah, but I would imagine, though, they can claim they don't like you, but if you reached out to any of them and wanted them on your show, they would come on your show in a heartbeat and they'd be excited. I don't think some of them would. I, I don't think. Maybe. There's a couple of very talented people in Indianapolis, by the way, media people. Just a couple? couple, yeah. Just a couple. Okay. I don't think yeah, there's I don't a know. lot. I don't know. I mean, I don't watch many local people, but. What, okay, so Hoyer Dan Dockage, the Patriots, right? Dan Dockage. Dan Dockage is a guy in Indianapolis that uh, he just stirs the pot every single day. Mass, we are massive fans of the Dan Dockage mm -hmm, character. Yeah. Massive. I love the way Dockage operates. I think Greg Doyle is a good writer. Kravitz here is a good writer. Zach Kiefer is a good writer. Doc, does Dockage write? No, no. He just stirs the pot every day. He just gets up, puts his chef hat on. <laughs> Gets into his studio and just stirs the pot in beautiful fat every single day. It, it never. He had a, there's an investigation on him right now. They're saying yeah. he's because he said he was going to go beat the ass of every member of a school board. <laughs> Good for him. Can't do it. Yeah, can't do it, Dan. I guess you can't do it. But yeah, there's a couple people around here that are good. But by and large, I think they're uh, they're not the biggest fans of our operation. I don't think. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Dockage. I agree. I, I'm a fan of of his as well. But I'm, it makes me. Wonder about Andy Dalton's future. Brian Hoyer signs. Does that mean that the the Patriots are out on, on Andy Dalton and they're not going to offer him a contract? You know, I asked the. Oh no! Uh, oh what no! What's going on? What did, did why? Uh, a guy just showed up in our office from New York. He just drove from New York to our office. For what? I have no idea. Probably to bring Wait. coronavirus over here. <laughs> Wait, where is he? He's just sitting out there. Someone needs a Lysol him down. Uh, big announcement. Uh, the IOC, what's that? The International Olympic Committee. Mm -hmm. uh, somebody has uh, said that the IOC is postponing the Olympics. It'll no longer be for its scheduled time. It will be postponed. I believe that is coming out as an official statement here momentarily. Smart. I think we all knew this was probably coming. Canada and Australia this morning said that they will not send their athletes if it's not postponed, blah, blah, blah. Good move by Canada. Good move by Australia. They're postponing the Olympics. Will they inevitably cancel the Olympics this year and move it back a year? That'll be an interesting decision because, you know, every two years we have the winner, the summer, the winner, the summer. Every four years, that's a pretty big part of the Olympics. If they move it back a time, will that ruin everything? I think we'll have to find out. But good for the Olympics, stepping up, saying we're postponing it, holding on hope for everybody. And I'm a big Olympics fan. I hope we get a chance to watch this at some point by the end of the summer. Well, it seems like a no-brainer that the Olympics is going to have to postpone. You can't think right now of yeah. people flying in from all over the world. New York. And congregating together. It's not going to happen. But I think if you, let's say they delay it, postpone it a year. Can't we have one time in our history where we have three years between Summer Olympics instead of four? Oh, so you think if they move it back one year, we'll get back on the schedule? Winter. The, Olymp the Winter Olympics are postponed. The ones that are coming up right now? Summer. I don't know. When, when, do they, when are they supposed to start? These Some, are, July, summer. These are Summer Olympics. Yeah, yeah. they're training camp, summer. by the way. Yeah, yeah, Summer Olympics. It's going to affect – it could possibly affect the Winter Olympics, but I feel like if we just – say they postpone it one year, we do it next year, then you have three years between the next Summer Olympics. Gotcha. Couldn't yeah. we do that and just get right back on track? We could, but do you think Michael Phelps will be able to train for three years instead of four years to win all those things? 
Yeah, if he comes back. Is he coming back for this one? I have no idea. Uh, if I, if I'm like so. I think he's done. I think he's done. There has to be a way he can get in a relay, though, and get another gold for medal. For sure. And there's oh, some yeah. way he could just dive in there, like a month or two or swimming. <laughs> just do his best event? Yeah. Just Butterfly. Do the relay or whatever. He's built like yeah. a fish. That dude's built like a fish. His arms are bigger than they're supposed to be. He's got webbed toes. I mean, he's a fish. He was built to swim, and he's faster than everybody, and he loves bong hits. Yeah, his lungs. <laughs> Loves bong hits. Does he still though? Oh yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Even more that. so. <laughs> yeah, it's Michael Phelps. Well, he's t- he's come out and uh, showed some vulnerability though over the last couple of years. Remember, he said he had a bunch of like what depression issues and mental yeah. health situations. Yep. He's like a big advocate for that now. Yeah, I'm a big Michael Phelps fan now. I am a Michael Phelps fan. Can we guess how many gold uh, medals he has? Seventeen. 18. 20. 23. That's insane. He had what, eight in one Olympics? Yeah. More than that. No, he more than that. Yeah, I think he had like in the 14 or something, 13 or 14. But there has to be a way we can get to 24 gold medals here. We just put him in one of those relays. Just put our fish against all the other fish in one of the relays and let this guy kind of get a retirement gold medal. Or maybe he tries like he tries to mix it up and wants a, a gold medal in a different event. He goes to the Winter Olympics and he tries bobsledding. Oh, or maybe he's a sprinter. We don't even know. Maybe we put him on land. Maybe this fish is supposed to be on land too, or is he a fish out of water? We'll never know. Oh, we, until he tries, I guess we won't know. Maybe he should. Yeah, <laughs> I bet he he probably has a solid hundred meter time. Bro, Give think about shot, think about those athletes who've been training for three and a half years now, leading up to this Olympics, oh, man. and they're like, "Oh, need one more year of everything you've been doing for the last three and a half years." Those people that have been on like a strict diet, their life has been revolving around waking up at four a.m. Everything, their entire day has been regimented for this four year run. They're like, "All right, just need one more year of that." Oh, fuck you! <laughs> I can't do it anymore. Last. Five- Five years of training. Last December, he's on record, has repeated and said over and over and over again, I will not unretire for the 2020 Olympic bid. Oh, but the 2021. <laughs> mm. <laughs> he learns that he has one more year, huh? Just Four one year, old. pal. Yeah. Right. Well, have you? Oh, so you got the day a day of rest yesterday, right? Yeah. At home? Yeah, buddy. Did you breach the subject of your summer wedding? Nah. Nope. When are you going to talk about that? Hmm. <laughs> I mean, you know, we go, I'm going to present you with a plan, like an option, a backup Ooh. plan. Here we go. I like this. So you're this. supposed to get married, what, probably sometime in June, yep. destination wedding. Yep. Okay. Chances are you're not going to be able to do that. Fly to the destination, have people fly in. I don't know. Maybe you will. Who knows? Oh. I, I hope you will. For you and your lady's sake, I hope it happens. But if not, go to the courthouse. Get married, get officially married, and then you can have that six, eight, 10, 12 months down the road. You have basically like another wedding, but you already have been married for a year, and, and hopefully everybody wins. Smart. So it's a reception mm-hmm. that is in place of the wedding, mm-hmm. and the wedding actually happens between me, her, uh, a spectator, and the person at the courthouse. Uh-huh. Ooh, can yeah. I read something? Go ahead. Can I read? No, just can I read something at that spot? Oh, at the courthouse? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If we're getting married at the courthouse, everybody's going to be reading something. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be an awesome video if all you guys jam in some tiny little office for to watch you get married. So you can't do it. I'm Sam's fine. not going to be happy about this. <laughs> Sam is not going to be happy about this. I could probably do it if you want. I could probably marry you guys. Oh. Are you a doctor of love over there? I mean, I've done a, I've done a few weddings. Yeah, I could I could oh, marry you. Buckeye wedding. What is a hawk wedding like? 
Dearly I've mean, done a few of them, yeah. Dearly beloved, I'm AJ Hall. Short, short and sweet. That's what they are. Under 15 minutes. Are all the people still together that you've married? Both couples are still going strong. Nice. Hey. Hey. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Let me know. All right, we got to get out of here. We got to go record the Office Olympics that will be released tonight at 4 p.m. Okay. Is that right on the dot right at 4 p.m., you think? It's always close. It's in the area, 4-ish, Internet 4, you know. I'll be there in Internet 4. Hey, get some footage of this this stranger that drove in from New York. I'd like to see some clips of this guy and see. I want him to explain himself. No, you don't. No, you don't. Uh, no, you don't. Did you know he was coming? Nope. So who let him in? Billy. Why'd you let him in? Try I'm in here trying to do a fucking show. I don't know what Billy's doing out there. Because Billy's going to kill everybody, so he doesn't care. <laughs> he doesn't have any worries. <laughs> like, everybody here is going to be dead anyway. What's one more going to do? Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the floor. Let the bodies hit the what? Nothing's wrong with me. Two. Nothing wrong with me. Three. Nothing wrong with me. Four. <laughs> Something's got to give. Something's got to give. Seven. I feel like. Can you get taken down for singing songs like yeah. when you're that close? When it sounds that close to the original, mm-hmm. you can't get taken down. Yeah, we know those. The YouTube. Uh, algorithm computers can't tell the difference like oh this is this is the real song oh yeah pull them down oh yeah they'll know something's got to give like this <gasps> this one show had <gasps> illegal Bill Belichick clips being put on uh, as of a few days ago they had a Lou Holtz on the show <laughs> uh, Schmidt, R. that could have been the problem <laughs> that could have been the problem it says the olds right yeah uh-huh. uh, Ty does oh he starts acting like uh, an old no, no. Oh, geez, more this susceptible. Oh, geez. It's my fault. It's your fault for not doing huh. your Lou Holt story. I don't and have you made Ty do it. I don't uh-huh. have it. Uh-uh. Butterfly? Is it a butterfly? Yeah, bumblebee. Bumblebee. <laughs> How's that go? Your wings are too small. <laughs> <laughs> I should do it. I'll get the photo. <laughs> All right, AJ, we'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. So sorry to interrupt this incredible conversation that you're listening to. Uh, we hope you're enjoying yourself. If you are, tell your friends. If you're not, just don't tell anybody about it. Just act like this show never even existed. And I want to let you know that when you use Zoom, every day is a little bit better. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. You heard that? Oh, yeah. Every day. There's a lot of days. Oh, yeah. Okay? Oh, yeah. 365 of them a year, except for on the leap year is 366, Ooh, which year. we are currently on. Oh, yeah. So 366 days every day is a little bit better. Zoom video communications with the web's best-reviewed video conference service used by millions and millions to meet one-on-one or hundreds and hundreds at a time. Zoom video conferencing lets you connect face-to-face with anyone across town or around the globe with flawless video, clear audio, and instant sharing of files, video, anything. Why don't we use this for a show? Mm. We should. You hear them Flawless video. I know Francesa was big on this. This is this is one of his blue chip stocks. Yeah, makes sense because our FaceTime is not f- flawless video. No, it's not. People think that that's the answer for these group video conferencing. 
Sounds like Zoom is the right answer. Flawless video, it says, and clear audio. And you can connect through any device, desktop, laptop, tablet, smartphone, or conference room system. Oh, open source. Ooh, holy shit. Mm. Zoom video conferencing, Zoom rooms, Zoom video webinars, and Zoom phone puts state-of-the-art tech at your fingertips and lets you do business at the speed of Zoom. Zoom, 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 Zoom zoom zoom. Zoom zoom zoom. Zoom zoom zoom. Anyways, it's not like that. It's zoom. Look, if you're not using Zoom video communications, the only question I have is why not? I'll make it super easy for you. Visit Zoom online and set up a free account today. Try the most affordable and most reliable video communication solution on the market. Meet happy with Zoom. Zoom, zoom, zoom. Zoom, zoom, Back to the show. Joining us now, an insider from the NFL Network and NFL.com, Tom Pelosaro. What's up, buddy? Hey, I'll tell you what. Top five hair and uh, sports analyst calling from home game right now for you. That's a good-looking haircut right there. Wait about two, three, four weeks when every place you can get your haircut here is shut down, and let's see what this thing still looks like. <laughs> That's what I got going on right now, Tom. It'll I'm probably gonna... be similar to that. Uh, easy. All right, Tom, thank you for joining us on this day of quarantine where you're locked in the house, by the way. Uh, we appreciate you doing that for society and for our show. I have a question, and this might come a, a little bit aggressive, but it seems real with the more and more I hear. Why did Bill Belichick and the Patriots hate Tom Brady? That's what it, it sure feels like that is what, what has happened in this whole thing. Tom wanted to be a Patriot, it sounds like, and the Patriots didn't want Tom back. Is that accurate? It's complicated. Let's put it that way. You got a 20 year relationship here in which you've had a great deal of success. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick treats everybody the same way. That's kind of the, the genius of his approach. It's also the part that can wear on certain people. You know, the, the stories always go around that when, you know, Tom Brady would make a, you know, throw an interception in a game, Belichick would put it up on the board on Monday and tear him a new one and talk about how bad the throw was. And you would do that, even though you've got a guy who's wearing all these rings and has had all the accolades that, that Brady has, you know, the Patriots also had certain constraints from a cap perspective that didn't ultimately make the decision, but you know, they weren't going to blow him away with money. They weren't going to blow him away with telling them how great he is. That's just not Belichick style. And so Brady at this point, about to turn 43 years old, wants a new challenge, wants to, if you read his Instagram posts, clearly is, you know, energized by the idea of going someplace else and trying to win. And oh yeah, they got uh, Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and some other toys down there in Tampa for him to play with. Well, the thought is potentially that all he wanted was just one compliment. Yeah. I mean, that's all he wanted, just one compliment. That's all he wanted, and he just couldn't get it. Wickersheim, Wickersham, Wicker... Wickersham. 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 Wickersham's article was a 14-scroller that basically laid out everything, and it said Tom, Tom just wanted to feel loved. 
from the Patriots, and that wasn't the case. So let's talk about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Kind of came out of nowhere. If you listen to some stories from the Buccaneers side, it sounds like they were surprised that they were even potentially in the running for Tom Brady as well. Is that accurate that Bruce and Light felt that way? They didn't know they were potentially going to be in the Tom Brady sweepstakes. And once they get in there, like, we think we can get this guy. And now it seems like it was the perfect fit all along, especially if they can bring in Antonio Brown, which Bruce Arians has been against, Tom has been for. <laughs> That offense could be one that is very, very must-watch television. Tom made that clear to other teams that he spoke to that he wanted Antonio Brown to come along. The difference in Tampa, there's several of them. One being they got a couple of good receivers already. You don't need to build this thing uh, from scratch. But also, yeah, the head coach has worked with the player. People point to the the comments that Bruce made on on AB about how you know being too much diva. But if you you read his whole quotes from that same interview. It's largely complimentary about how hard the guy worked and the attitude he brought to the to the table every day when they had all those good receivers uh, in Pittsburgh. Don't close the door on it. It sounds like it's unlikely at this point, but you never know. I mean, there's not a lot of other teams that are going to touch Antonio Brown at this point, and the NFL is still uh, reviewing his status. With regard to Tampa, in general, it probably became more realistic once Tennessee was out. Once Tennessee locked in on re-signing Ryan Tannehill – then the place where Brady was going to have the most familiarity with Mike Vrabel, with uh, you know John Robinson had been in New England, with you know some other people, the, the guys that he would have gone to play with for other reasons besides strictly just the talent on the field, which Tennessee has a lot of that too. Once that was gone, it yeah, it started to become a little bit more real for Tampa. You know, by by Tuesday morning, okay, the negotiating window opens at noon on Monday. By Tuesday morning, Bucks people were telling people that I've spoken to, they were very confident. They thought. Tom Brady was coming to Tampa. That's all the time it took. Technically, under the rules, they couldn't even talk to Brady. They could only talk to his agent, uh, Don Yee, at that point. But you know, money was not going to drive this decision for Tom Brady. It was going to be the other things. It was going to be the opportunity to win. You know, Setting aside the Bucks' entire history, which does not exactly suggest that they are equipped to win on a big level, they, they got a lot of things going for them in terms of you know the talent level. They got enough flexibility to continue to add parts. They've got some you know guys who can get after the pass rusher on defense. Uh, you know, in a division where Drew Brees is on the older side, the Saints is still the team that you got to go through. But you know, Carolina is in transition at this point. Atlanta is in a, a you know kind of a make or break uh, type of year. It seems like uh, down there where they're trying to do some things differently. You can certainly see the path where Brady can see, okay, this is how we're going to get into the playoffs. This is how we're going to get a bye. This is how we're going to have a chance to add that seventh Super Bowl ring. Can they put it all together at a time where Brady's been in one offense for 20 years of his career, and now you're going to take that entire thing and put it into Tampa? Bruce Arians is a really smart offensive coach, but it'll just be fascinating to see how quickly they can get that up to speed, especially because, given the COVID-19 pandemic, I don't know how much, if any, work you're going to get prior to training camp, if then. Well, they can probably ship him the plays on an iPad and things like that. I'd assume he can ship them the plays. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That is so hilarious to think about. So you're thinking your understanding as being an insider and listening to have your ear to the ground in this whole world going into the off going into free agency. Tom to Tennessee was a real thing. Tom to Tennessee was a real thing. And then I'm reading and hearing that Tom to the Niners, Tom wanted to go to the Niners as well. Were all those stories that we heard about him potentially going to the Titans because Vrabel was there, maybe going back to the Niners. How about the chargers were Las Vegas Raiders? What teams now the bucks obviously is where you end up. What teams were actually in, in the mix and did Tom truly not know what the hell was going to happen going into free agency in your eyes the only things that were truly real by the end that we know of were the Chargers and Tampa Tennessee was real in that 
like everybody, it's Tom Brady's a free agent. How do you not consider that? You have natural connections there. Their quarterback's a free agent. It, it was real to the regard that they had to have the conversation. Same thing with San Francisco. I mean, they've just been to the Super Bowl. Is Tom Brady. Again, we're talking about Tom Brady. This is not just any free agent. How do you not at least have that conversation? I mean, Brady was absolutely going in open-minded to the process. In the end, he had, in essence, two realistic choices for him. He could go to the Chargers, be on the West Coast, away from his family, uh, we know that there are various family dynamics there that were going to impact this this situation. Uh, you know, playing in a potentially, assuming that it uh, stays on schedule, a brand new stadium, uh, there'd be a lot of hype surrounding it. Certainly, would have been a coup for the Chargers to get him at a time that they're trying to claw back any share of the market that they can uh, from the Rams. But staying in on the East Coast with the Bucks, playing for a coach who's had proven success with the weapons that he has around him. You know, in the end, all things equal, Tampa. Surprising as it is to say, you know, right now, but. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers ended up making a lot of sense for Tom Brady. The old Tampa Tommy is going to be something that I can't <laughs> wait to watch. I think they're going to do very well. I think they're going to have real success, not just because of Bruce Arians, by the way. That entire coaching staff is a very talented group of – it's almost like their swan song down there. Now, Byron Leftwich is young, but there's a lot of old head coaches that have been together for a long time down there who know how to win, and I would assume adding Tom Brady's big old brain to that mix isn't going to be a bad thing like Belichick thought whenever Tom would decide <laughs> to speak. Now, <laughs> Let's talk about some other free agents. It was alleged that Jadavion Clowney was looking for $20 million a year. Was that true? And was that why the Seattle Seahawks were like, you can go see if anybody else will pay you that, and then once you hear from them, come back to us? Is that kind of the state of affairs for Jadavion Clowney? Because everybody's saying he's probably going back to the Seahawks. That's not true. My understanding is he wants more. Oh. He wants 21-plus, which is Demarcus Lawrence type of money. <laughs> that would be the top of the, the free agent market for defensive ends. You know, Lawrence right him. now, the highest paid one. I mean, Clowney wants, absolutely wants to be paid like the guy. He's an immensely talented player. He's going to get a lot of money. It, there was skepticism within the league going into the free agent process that anyone would give him that based upon you know the productivity, which, again, he impacts the games in ways more than sacks, but he's a three-sack guy a year ago. Plus, you have an injury history to deal with, the fact that he's had a second-now core muscle surgery that he had back in January. Of course, he also had microfracture knee surgery. Your team doctors currently cannot give anybody a physical. You can't go give someone a physical. You can't have them come in to give, to give a physical. That's another part of the dynamic here. The Seahawks absolutely remain interested in him. There are several other teams that have remained in contact with Clowney, you know, the issue comes down to is he hell-bent on trying to get $21, $20 million plus? Uh, if he is, he may have to sit a while to, you know, see whether or not somehow in a second wave of the market here when everybody's looking around saying, where are we going to get a pass rusher? Someone just decides to say, screw it, we'll give him the money. Tom Brady's getting $25 million next year. Drew Brees is getting $25 million next year. Phillip Rivers is getting $25 million next year. And Jadavion Clowney wants $21 million. That is awesome. I love that that is Jadavion Will anybody pay him that? No way. There's no way. It, it's tough, especially because you're talking about a guy who it seems like wants a longer-term deal. He's kind of gone year to year here, you know, with the playing on the franchise tag last year, the willingness to take it from Seattle, play on the tag. Uh, but my understanding has been he doesn't want to go back on a short-term deal. That may end up being the best thing for him to do in the end. Again, we're talking about you know mindset, which can evolve over time. But think of it this way. The salary cap is going to go up next year. All right, it, it came in a little bit lower than everybody thought at $198 million this season because of the way that the revenue split is going to increase for the players from 47 to 48%. The pie should grow. Now, again, different dynamics, the global pandemic, 
potential impact on TV ratings, on games, all that. That's that's difficult to predict. But in theory, there should be more money in the marketplace a year from now. But if you're clowny, and again, you've had an injury history, you're, you're looking for uh, some level of commitment, some security here uh, moving forward. There's, there's risk involved when you're talking about playing on yet another shorter-term contract. Uh, so he's going to have to make a decision ultimately. Again, does he take the best offer that's on the table, or does he do what Indomitian Sue, for instance, has done in recent years, which is say – I'm not concerned about signing. I'm not going to rush to take anything. You you talk to me in March. You talk to me in August. We'll we'll find a way to get a deal done. I'm going to wait till I, I get my number. You know, there's guys who have done that. You got to be pretty special to pull it off. Clowney uh, qualifies as a special player. He just got to you know be looking at the the history with the injuries and everything else. I hope he gets 21 million. <laughs> so bad. I hope he just gets 21 million dollars. That'd be incredible. Because we talked to Rob. Supply Nick. and demand. Look at the other rushers, man. Look look at the guy. Look at what Dante Fowler got. 15 million a year from the Falcons. Leonard Floyd gets cut by the Bears. Next day gets 10 million fully guaranteed for one year with the Rams. Upside to 13.5. Robert Quinn just got 14 million a year from the Bears. I mean. That's the going rate. There are not many of those dudes who can get after the pass rusher. They're all getting their money. Clowney just wants more than everybody else. Fourteen million a year, a little bit different than twenty-one million <laughs> a year. One guy's made money. Clowney's <laughs> made a fair amount of money. He was the number one pick. Very he he can afford. He's got. He can. He can sit back a little bit longer than some of the other guys can. Uh, let's talk about all the other quarterbacks that could potentially end up with no homes. Cam Newton, everybody's assuming he's going to get cut from the Carolina Panthers. Are the Chargers going to be in play for them? Because the Chargers came out immediately upon the Panthers and Cam Newton trade discussion that kind of took over Instagram there for a little bit, to be honest, with the way the Carolina Panthers rolled out, that they're allowing Cam Newton and his team to seek a trade. Then Cam obviously comes in the comment section. Then Greg Olson comes on top. And basically, the Chargers had to come out and say that they're prepared to move forward with Tyrod Taylor. Was that strictly to tell the Carolina Panthers we're not trading anything for him we'll wait for you to cut him do you think Cam Newton ends up there how about Jameis Winston it's about all but secured he's gonna have to go somewhere and agree to be a backup quarterback whenever that could have never been his thought going into free agency they're saying maybe to the Steelers and Andy Dalton is there still a thought that Andy Dalton's gonna end up being a quarterback for the Patriots or are they stuck with Stidham not sorry not stuck are they sold on Stidham being the guy going forward that was a lot of questions, Pat. Let me try to take them one by one. With the Chargers and Cam, what we know is that Anthony Lynn has a history with Terod Taylor. They work together in Buffalo. He plays the style that Lynn wants in terms of just don't turn the ball over. You know, if you have a knock on Taylor through his career, it's that he doesn't take any chances. But he doesn't turn it over. Allows him to run the football. That's where they want to make the commitment to Austin Eckler. They're going to more of a zone running scheme. That they, they believe that they're okay with Taylor being the, the bridge to what is most likely going to be a highly drafted quarterback this year, assuming that one of those guys mm. is still there at number six. With Jameis Winston, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, my understanding of kind of the mindset now is, you know, try to go somewhere and be this year's Ryan Tannehill. Somebody who goes somewhere, just get in the right spot to continue to develop. If you get your opportunity, make the most of it. But there aren't that many of those spots out there. I mean, you look at Chicago would have been one. They already traded for Nick Foles. Uh, could you go to Miami when they potentially are drafting a rookie quarterback there and still have Ryan Fitzpatrick? Do they really want to add another veteran to the mix? They're always looking for bargains there. You could see that being a possibility. I also think, and I've talked about this on NFL Network, you have to look at some of those spots where teams may be looking for their quarterback after this year, meaning with the Pittsburgh Steelers, with Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, they still have Mason Rudolph there, but Guy could they stinks. get another quarterback in development if <laughs> Roethlisberger leaves? New Orleans with Drew Brees just signed a two-year contract, but Drew's been on a year-to-year plan for a while. 
They lose Teddy Bridgewater. Could Jameis slide in there? Could he even go to Atlanta, back up Matt Ryan, back with his old uh, coach from Tampa, Dirk Cutter? All those would make some level of sense. You know, for Jameis, he's still a young guy. He's, what, 26, 27 years old. Uh, He's had production in the league. He's also just had too many picks. He's got to get somewhere where he gets better and sets himself up to, you know, be able to get back out in the marketplace when it's a little bit more favorable in the coming years. And then with regard to Andy Dalton, I mean, the, the trade possibilities there have shrunk substantially. You know, Cincinnati's not a team that does many trades as it is. They definitely had extensive talks with Chicago before the Bears acquired Foles. Uh, in terms of New England, they brought back Brian Hoyer on a one-year deal, which, how about this, second time that Brian Hoyer now has signed back in the past few years with the Patriots. In both cases, somebody else was paying Brian Hoyer. So you basically get a free trial of, of Brian Hoyer like you're ordering Netflix or something. <laughs> doesn't work out. The other team owes them the money. You give them nothing. Because uh, it was the 49ers a couple of years ago this time. Uh, it's the Colts that owe them $2 million guaranteed. But you bring in Hoyer, you have Jarrett Stidham. When he was coming out, you know what scouts said about Stidham was throws a beautiful ball. Just, just a great natural passer. But when things break down around him, when you know he's got to create – his eyes go down. He looks at the rush. That's the stuff that you know Josh McDaniels has been trying to work on with with Stidham, uh, and all the indications have been it's positive. But when I asked somebody there last week, you know, is he ready? Is Stidham ready? The answer I got was there's no way for any of us to know right now because he hasn't played really in a regular season game. Uh, bringing in Hoyer, you got somebody who knows the offense, can work with Stidham, who also at this point is indoctrinated in the offense to a degree. Bill Belichick always thinking two steps ahead may also be looking at this and saying, I'm not going to have an off-season program. I'm not going to have time to teach these quarterbacks the offense. So what if I just roll with guys who already know it? And then, yeah, if eventually somebody's being given away, Dalton gets cut, Cam gets cut, I get them on the cheap, maybe we consider that down the line too. But for the moment, Stidham has to be considered the top guy on the depth chart with Hoyer behind him. Uh, they still got Cody Kessler in the roster too, and they'll roll from there. Tom, incredible job, Bob. You hit every question there, by the way. <laughs> I appreciate it. You can give me seven in a row. We'll try that next time. I, by the way, I give me a full sequence. That was, I'll see if I can, I can cover the entire segment myself. That, by the <laughs> way, you got a little plug of the NFL mug, too, in there, TN. I mean, that was a hell of a job by you, Mr. Tom Pelizzer. Still waiting for my for the brand mug. Haven't Has not arrived. How many appearances do I have to do before that uh, shows up at the doorstep? Third time to try. That's a great question. We shipped one to you. I think it got locked in uh, the board, quarantine. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shipped one to you. Yeah, yeah. We shipped one to the house. We thought it would be there in the back, uh-huh. obviously, to be honest. We'll get it up there. You get it to me. We'll go. Uh, I'll stick with the starting lineup guys up there. Ooh. Oh, I appreciate that. That's all. Oh, look, that would be a good spot. Is that where you've been doing? Right next, all- right next, right next to the bars. Is that where you've been doing all your TV stuff from right there? This is it right here in the basement. Kids are currently locked on the main floor going through mock school with my wife, and I'm down here doing this. That whole that whole homeschooling thing has to be a real kick in the sack. <laughs> Honestly, I've asked everybody about it because I have pets, right? And teaching them how to sit and stuff is hard enough. I couldn't even fathom if my children that I send away to learn stuff all of a sudden are just trapped in the house with me and I'm supposed to teach them. That's quite a life change, I would assume. What I've figured out is that kids wear each other out when you're around like 10 other kids your age. You're tired. No one wants to go to sleep. The daytime is packed enough. Again, it's mainly my wife. But the daytime (laughs) is packed enough. At night is really where you feel it because no one's burned any energy. Let's party. How old are you? No, I don't shouldn't ask you that question. How many kids do you have? Two, two girls are five and three. You can ask that. Pat. Well, Tom, you look like you're twelve. Is what I'm saying. The fact <laughs> that you have you, you, the children is pretty impressive. To me, you're you're all grown up over there. 
I'm damn near 40, man. We're probably the same age, actually. You just called me old. I'm 32. I've been living a lot harder than you have, though. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a hell of a lot older than you, man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Officially, we've gone to the depression part of the show. <laughs> uh, Tom, the NFL has decided that the draft will be done as a studio show. We kind of laid out the entire draft uh, for you guys at the NFL Network and the NFL on this show just a couple weeks ago. I think that's the right move, by the way, to have one central command center, then drop into war rooms, have them announce their picks, and keep it moving forward. Is that going to be – is like, is ESPN going to have its own broadcast? NFL Network going to have its own broadcast? Or is everything going to be together to your understanding? Do you know? We don't know yet, honestly. We have not been looped in other than they're exploring different options. You would think that if the picks are being announced from a central command center, you'd probably just have one pool camera on Roger Goodell the entire time. And then, yeah, I mean, there's there's so many logistical things. I mean, you can stick cameras or FaceTime or whatever in the houses of draft prospects, bring them up that way. But yeah, do you want to have several competing networks, multiple different broadcasts? They have to, they have to figure out all that. This is going to be unique. I mean, normally I'm standing outside at some facility, like you know, past couple of years I've been at the Miami Dolphins, just standing out there. It's 110 degrees, sweating in my suit, <laughs> and then they don't draft a quarterback, and I fly home. That's really been my draft day the past couple of years. I imagine this one is going to be different. I just don't entirely know how different it's going to be. All right, Tom, go in your basement, put your suit on. We'll call you if the team drafts somebody we want to talk about. If not, just hide from your kids and wife for an entire weekend. We'll talk to you later. It's awesome. Just like every other day here. Yep. Tom, I appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Ladies and gentlemen, from his basement, hiding from his children, <laughs> NFL insider from the NFL Network and NFL.com, Tom Pelissero. Thank you, Tom. Later, buddy. Can't thank you enough um, for listening today. Big thanks to all the guests. We'll be back Thursday with some more, you know, conversation about every day, everything that's happening in the world. You can catch up with all the behind-the-scenes stuff at youtube.com forward slash the Pat McAfee Show. Filming a lot of stuff right now down the office. Home, office, home, office. That's life. Probably... You know, have to keep a couple guys at home. Keep the occupancy done. Try to be as smart as possible so we can get through it. I think you just heard me think out loud right there. My dog Valerie just walked out. She's wondering what I'm doing. Just talking into a phone right now, trying to wrap up a podcast, Val. I'll get you some chicken there. All right. Uh, If you want to use the hashtag, this is where I'm at, Pat. Take a picture of where you've been hunkering down at. You could win some merch if you tweet that to us. Zito's been going through. He's been handing out the money we've been giving out on Venmo and Cash App on the uh, Office Olympics. He's been handing out merch. Zito Claus is a real thing right now. And uh, we'll be back Thursday. Ty Schmidt, please play some independent music.